0: My understanding of Sam and Diane's relationship oh! is that they were wait Whoa. no I didn't catch no. that no what That's
1: say the so names confused. Same again
0: confused say them again say them again
1: just say the names why
0: I don't get it humor us she doesn't she's too rapping you're too damn young to get it hello and welcome to our loft podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey, I'm a twenty-three-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like rooting anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, pretty much everywhere. My favorite breed of horse is miniature pony. Okay, I feel like we should have been better prepared to know that we needed to pick a favorite breed of horse.
1: Okay, um, are we editing this butt out? whatever. Well let's just keep going. I, I, I'll come I up with one just... on the fly, it'll be charming.
0: Exactly. I usually just, like, whine at her when she picks stuff that I don't get. Sure. Because I don't know anything about horses. Me neither. I know there are tiny mm-hmm. ones, though. Okay, Lil' Sebastian. Just because you've seen Lil' Sebastian.
1: Motherfucker. You stole my... I was going to say little Sebastian, too.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll pick something else. I'll pick something else. No, I, I
1: okay. think that... Well, let's just leave it in. This is going to be funny. Okay. We all wanted to pick miniature horse, and it will be good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> three, three Lil' Sebastians. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And as I've f- mentioned before, my favorite breed of horse is just Lil' Sebastian. Hmm. yeah yeah that's fine I support you thank you and our guest this episode is John Woo!
1: hello everybody my name is John I am uh, located in Los Angeles California where many of the cast members of lost actually live in real life except for the uh... ones who were like I like Hawaii and I'm gonna live here my Hogwarts house is Hufflepuff and um good let's see I'm, I'm just going by what you guys gave me as hints so um I am. I have recently completed my third full watch of the series of Lost, which you know I'm discovering fun new things every time, and the finale makes me cry every single time.
0: Yep, Thank you.
1: that's not a spoiler. It makes you cry.
0: So much it, of Lost makes you cry. It's a warning. It's a yeah. show
1: that about <laughs> feels. Um, it's a show literally about feels. That's like the. Thesis statement of the show. Um, yeah, it's like
0: Lost and This Is Us. So much going on.
1: Right, right. Except that Lost does it in this kind of grandiose, metaphorical way, where it's just like, but don't you see, feels are magical and <laughs> have meaning. Anyway, it's funny because this dovetails nicely into like what Lost means to me. It to me, it's the show that solidified. I think part partly because of uh, the, f- the constant controversy about the storytelling solidified for me what a good TV show actually is, which is that Mm -hmm. it's... I mean, I'll tell people constantly that... I I, I think other shows are quote-unquote better, but Lost is my favorite TV show because I just care Mm -hmm. so much about these people, and I get so invested in these stories. And, you know, I just go where, where they take me, and I appreciate how decisively and well arced these characters are and what they want to say with each character arc. I mean we're gonna we'll we'll get into this because this is a Kate centric episode and we'll talk a lot about Kate and why I think Kate gets a bad rap, especially after a couple of rewatches. I think she gets a bad rap and she's kind of great. Yep. And uh as for social media, you can find me on the Twitters and the Instagrams at uh, john John Delaporta, that's John with an H, and Delaporta with two L's and an A at the end.
0: And you should follow his social media because he's currently in the middle of watching the hundred and it is. No, he finished. Oh, he you finished. finished. You finished.
1: I, yep. I finished the hundred. And I'm very uh, proud of you. Oh, Claire was uh, so proud of her little baby who is um, having, having klexophiles, feels. And um-
0: <laughs> that was my favorite part was like, when you got to klex, and I was like, yes,
1: when I was, when I was just becoming as Claire affectionately put it, cl- pure Clexa trash. And yeah. I'm like, yup. Uh, just sign me up, motherfuckers.
0: Exactly. Um, <clears throat> Welcome to the club.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, um, and because I watched this in a weird order, I was, I watched like, I, it was fun to see certain actors turn up like, uh, like Titus shows up. I'm like, that's the villain from season four of The Flash.
0: <laughs> see? <It's> funny because <laughs> like, we watch like the end of The Flash before every episode of The 100 or of Riverdale or whatever, uh-huh. and we're just like... What you doing over there, Titus? It's
1: like, hello, Neil Sandilens. I mean, it's nice to be an older character actor with a good relationship with the CW, you know? Yeah. True. I guess you're attractive in your adult way. <laughs> in your adult way? No, no. I mean, like, the CW <laughs> no, is notable, right. no, is infamous for casting pretty people, and even the adults are very, very pretty. I mean, that's why the adults She's right. are like John Barrowman and Jesse L. Martin are like the adults on CW.
0: Exact or Henry Cusick. Machin and Skeet. Oh, yeah, or Skeet Ulrich and Mechin from Riverdale. Kill me! Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: and uh, a tra- a Trash Dad! <laughs> yeah,
0: Trash Dad! What?
1: I'm a fo- that's what people call, call, um, uh, J- I- I'm a season behind. What's his name? J, J.P., or... What's Juggins? F- oh, FP
0: FP. FP! FP!
1: That's what people call JP FP's. Is better. They JP call, is better. They call him Trash Dad.
0: You know what? I support That them. makes sense. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on so last minute. We just had a real quick cancellation, and um, I DM'd a whole bunch of people that were coming on for season three, and I was like, whoever answers first is coming on!
1: And because I basically live on Twitter, I'm like, ooh, me! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, relatable. <laughs> Hashtag relatable.
0: And then, who are some of your favorite characters?
1: Um, I... Here, like I was saying in my, uh, before, I care about these characters so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, is it a spoiler to talk about a character who hasn't shown up yet?
0: No, you can. You can say a name.
1: Okay. Unequivocally, my favorite character is Juliet. Yes! <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. She is also my favorite.
1: By the time I'm back on this show talking about another episode, you will, I will go further into it.
0: <laughs> Sounds good,
1: but I have what's your- <laughs> many, many Juliet feels.
0: And uh, what's your favorite breed of horse?
1: <laughs> um, well, y'all took little Sebastian,
0: <laughs> and, who
1: is the only good horse, as far as I'm concerned. Agreed.
0: So, and full shade to the horse in this episode, I guess. But you
1: know what? There are ten thousand candles in the wind for little Sebastian, so yeah. I'm gonna just make I'm gonna hold up the third of ten thousand for him.
0: Good for mm-hmm. And the other ten thousand is um. I don't know, the rest of the people who are still watching Lost right now, I guess.
1: They'll they'll get there. Yeah. That is a beautiful horse on the episode, though.
0: Totally. Yeah, holy yeah. crap. I saw that and I was like, um, that's a nice horse. Kind of wish that other horses were that cool. Well, you know. They had to dye him blacker. Did they really? What? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. so they wanted it to be blacker. Ooh, do you guys want to know what the horse's name is? Yeah. In- yeah.
1: on the page. Oh, that's fun.
0: Fun fact, I went to school with the girl who housed the polar bear from Lost on her ranch in Surrey. That is a fun fact. I know. And the cow from Fringe.
1: Oh, the cow from Fringe. Yeah, I remember that cow. Have you guys watched Fringe yet?
0: Yeah, I love Fringe.
1: Oh, well, that'll make a fun podcast when you're, you know, done with this one.
0: Right? It's so... Well, we want to do Battlestar Galactica because that's my favorite show of all time.
1: Oh, it's so good.
0: Oh, it's like... Bat- the fact that we lived at a time that Battlestar and Lost were on at the same time,
1: mm-hmm. I, I
0: really don't think that we appreciated that enough as a society.
1: But you know, you, oh, plus one, agreed. Um, I also think that um, it's interesting that you guys got into this through The Hundred, which is basically the surly teenage child of Lost and Battlestar Galactica.
0: Exactly. Well, Which is I'm, the very pretty
1: yeah. teenage uh, CW castable child of those two shows.
0: Exactly. Well, I mean, we both watched, I think we both watched Lost first mm-hmm. way before The 100. Ah, and gotcha. we just, I like, I watched the season six finale of Lost Live. Did you watch Lost Live?
1: I watched, um, I binged seasons one through three. Mm-hmm. And then it was just in time to watch the season four premiere live. Which is a great time, by the way, to switch yeah. to watching Lost live because yes. it really was like that was when it was going into like beginning of the end mode. A you know link, yes. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> it um no no it's when the show really shifted. It's when they yeah. got their end date. It's when the st- like it Lost is really two shows. It's se- it's this the show that it was in season one through three. Agree, agree. And then it's the show that it was in seasons four through agree. six.
0: Yep. Um, mm-hmm. the horse's name the- is Flying W Farms Princess Black Pearl, and that is the full name of the horse.
1: Flying W Farms is Princess yeah. Black Pearl.
0: Wow. Don't know what it means, but well, that's what her name was. I probably I mean, would have just gone for something simple, like, I don't know, Black Beauty, but whatever, that's, it's, that's me, the I guess. And copious amount of Princess dye black was Pearl. applied to the horse, presumably to enhance its black sheen.
1: Well, you know, sometimes you gotta be a little seen. <laughs>
0: That horse walks into hot topic and is like, finally, I'm home.
1: <laughs> they have all the main hair brushed to one side. <laughs> no, um,
0: no, 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 it's spiked, it's spiked.
1: Oh no. Oh. oh.
0: I like this alternate universe where horses can walk into stores.
1: Well, I mean, we already know that it it, it hates authority. I mean, it's an emotional it, it,
0: support horse.
1: It's like it f- the God. police. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, uh oh yeah. Oh, we should probably start right. talking about the episode. <clears throat> Yes. Right. Today we have words to say about episode 20- 209 of Lost, What Kate Did. What Kate Did. Okay, so the main reason for it being called What Kate Did is because everyone was like, what did Kate do? And they were like, here you freaking go. <laughs> Here's what Kate did.
1: Yeah. No, no. I think that that's kind of genius. Like, that. I, I, okay, so I, I I took a note while I was watching the episode that I feel like this I don't know, I know that this aired, like, I looked at the air dates, and I'm like, I know this aired right after Collision, like, one just one week later, but right. it feels like a break episode, like, like they shot up to, se- up to eight, episode eight, and then everybody, like, took a, a filming break, and then they came back and did this one, because mm. it feels like the beginning of season 2.2, 2. like- Right, that's they a fair fin- point. Like, there was the Collision arc, there was, like, the two sides of the island, and then boom- And then now this is the beginning of the next wave of storytelling for the show. What I think is kind of baller is that they they title an episode "What Kate Did," which you know we'll go into the title I'm sure at some point. But um, they it's a pretty bluntly stated title. Then they tell you before the end of the cold open, like the answer to a series long mystery. And I think that here's what Kate did. It's like it's like boom, but. But it's not about what Kate did, you see. It's yeah. about why Kate runs.
0: That's that's brilliant. And yeah. it also happens to be one of my absolute favorite titles because of how friggin' obvious it is. It's it's something like everyone hates Hugo. Yeah. You know? Well it's also a reference to
1: what I guess uh, it's a reference to something. Yeah, it's like it, um
0: what Katie did was a book by Susan Coolidge. Uh, The book tells the story of Katie Carr, who has a life similar to Kate. Katie is a tomboy, always getting in trouble and fights, but wishing to be beautiful and loved. An accident makes her an invalid, but the recovery eventually teaches her to be good and as kind as she always wanted.
1: And doesn't this accident also make Kate a sort of invalid? Mm -hmm. A sort of emotional invalid, (laughs) perhaps?
0: One might say... Hmm. Um, the broadcast date was November 30th, 2005. It was written by Stephen Mada and Craig Wright, and it was directed by Paul Edwards. So wait. Well, out. that is all information, isn't it? <laughs> yes. um, uh, some fun facts about the episode is that there's an episode in season six called "What Kate Does" that kind of
1: thematically connects. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. This uh, there's also an episode in season six called "Everybody Loves Hugo," which also mm-hmm. comes in with a an arc. To a season two episode. And another fun fact is that this is the first time Jin and Locke talk. Like, have a conversation? That's right. cr-
1: That's crazy. What? I mean...
0: And they will not share words until season five again.
1: <laughs> that's insane. The, that's uh,
0: like when you think about it on The 100 that Kane and Raven have never had a conversation or on-screen interaction. Yeah.
1: That's not... Like, well, like, I mean... There's no way. Well, these, these big sprawling ensemble shows, you know, mm-hmm. it feels like kind of a hazard of the business, you know?
0: yeah, but I love the ensembleness of it, so I'm like, okay, like well, no. oh my God, sure. I love ensemble shows. I mean, what did Jin and Locke really have to say to each other? Jin doesn't well, have anything to say to Locke.
1: But what's amazing is that that's that's also again such a such an important moment that they share in this episode because yeah. it's the he, he had the handcuff on for a year and a half. <laughs> like and they finally like this episode in so many ways is like, all right, boom, we're gonna resolve the mystery of what Kate did. In the pre credit sequence. We're also gonna get rid of Jin's handcuff. We're moving forward in the story. Yeah. Like we've merged the two halves of the plane. Like we're on to the next thing. Like this is a very much a we're on to the next thing episode.
0: Yeah. And I Which, you know, when we get there, we're gonna be like, Ooh, what's the symbolism of the handcuff? And now Jin is shedding his whatever, but <laughs> so we'll talk about that after. But for sure. do you want to, um Brittany, would you like yes. to introduce my recap okay so robin is about to recap all of the events of this episode very quickly in the style of Lost in eight minutes and 15 seconds she is going to try and do it in under a minute and if she can't Mm -hmm. in post she's going to speed herself up to sound like a little chipmunk which is her favorite thing to do to me when i do the recap which i think is hurtful here we go yep so i hang on i'm gonna time you because i i did it last like I think I'm going to do it as long yeah. as I don't stumble. I yeah. think I'll be able to do it because I wrote it uh, a couple days ago and I was able to do it another minute when I wrote it. So. Well, I'm going right. to time well. you too. Hold on. Fantastic. Oh, yes. I want to
1: play. All right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Good. Here we okay. Go. You ready? Okay. Everyone? Yep. Did you want to know what Kate did? Great. She blew up her father. End of episode. In all seriousness, after doing that, she goes to talk to her mother and her stepfather, father figure type guy. She gets arrested by Edward Mars and immediately escapes with the help of this inexplicable horse. On the island, Kate thinks she's going crazy because she keeps seeing said horse. She takes care of Sawyer and Wayne seems to come through to her through him, which is weird. She freaks out and runs away and when Jack finds her, she proceeds to kiss him. She really must be crazy. After figuring herself out, she talks to Sawyer again and he's not Wayne anymore, so they go outside and both see this weird horse, which validates Kate. Locke shows Michael and Echo the orientation film And Echo has a super fun secret But he has to do the proper reveal Turns out the arrow had the missing footage And now they can watch it in its entirety New information includes Do not use the computer for communication It's not allowed And also definitely yeah Just don't do it So Michael does it because he didn't know And oh my god Walt? You did it! Oh, dude! Yay. Well done! That was fully under a minute And humorous Thank you! I love being a comedian
1: Is good I like- Is good Is good recap
0: Yay. Is very good recap Yeah it also makes this episode sound far more ridiculous than it is because oh my God. of all the horse talk. <laughs> it's
1: true. All hey, right, so should we
0: get started? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna talk about uh this whole lock and echo thing first.
1: Oh that's right, you guys are Canadian. Sorry.
0: What did I do this time? <laughs> you
1: just said a boat and it was cute and did I liked I? it. <laughs> I never know. It's okay. You nobody wait. has an accent to themselves. I have a big obnoxious American accent, probably.
0: Probably. Listen
1: <laughs> to my hard R's.
0: Ooh, that actually did sound a little bit. I could actually mm-hmm. do super Canadian for this whole pod if we want
1: Oh, not. you don't have to do that. I mean it is yeah, an it's Evangeline very it's an Evangeline Lily episode, so you could do that as tribute to your, you know, country hero. Alberta Evangeline... girl. Alberta girl.
0: Or Alberta our fellow Alberta girl. Yeah. Aww. Because apparently all of us just come from Alberta. No one comes from any other province. No. Mm-hmm. Also, now I have to change my bio from saying I'm from Alberta. But like I am technically from Alberta. I'm just not l- going to be living there.
1: Oh. I mean. Oh. You can make we... something cute. Like Vancouver, like it's like Vancouver live in Alberta b- bread or something. But now that
0: we're both from Vancouver, like do we I even need, need to, to write where, where we're thought. from? I don't know. It doesn't matter right now because we're talking about Lost. But <laughs> whatever. So let's talk about Lock and Echo. Okay. You're an idiot. I'm oh, very excited gonna... about this.
1: We're starting with a with a B story, okay? Yes. Yeah,
0: we do things out of order, and we recap them first so that we can kind of like talk about things as we go. Oh,
1: yeah. right, sure, sure. Hold on, let me. Yeah, I got I've got meaningful notes.
0: Oh, nice. So, like I said, we're gonna talk about Jin's handcuff freedom. Mm. Obviously, we're like, oh, what does it symbolize now that he's finally let go of like. I mean, a while ago he let go of, like, his anger and everything, but now, like, also he and son have kind of reconnected and forgiven each other. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's my guess as to what the handcuff represents in this moment.
1: Well, yeah, I have lots of thoughts about that opening scene, but they'll come in the spoiler section. Yes. Um,
0: I, I mean, in this, I kind of, like, just was really happy for Daniel Day Kim. Oh, my yeah, gosh, yeah. it must be so freaking annoying. He was like, it's been a while.
1: Well yeah, yeah. I mean it's just like finally we don't have to do that bit of wardrobe every day. I have written here, and I think I took a note of it during Echo and Anna Lucia's conversation
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I feel like sin and forgivability is a big theme of this episode and really the whole show, but like mm-hmm. this episode seems to lean really hard on like what what what, what is forgivable and what is like what is unforgivable. Mm-hmm. What do you like what do you kill your dad over and what do you let go? And what haunts you? Because you see, Ana Lucia still haunted. Yeah. You know, even though she's ostensibly been forgiven.
0: So then, the little microcosm, I guess, of this would be Jin letting go of the shackles of his past.
1: Well, letting go of the beef with Michael, like they, yeah. they, exactly they do it with. The, I mean, they have a, a joke. They it's a, it's a gag when Jin shows him the uh, the handcuffs. Is mm-hmm. like, and My- Michael says everything but how far we've come in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Exactly. And which I think is the great thing about Lost is they don't have to make big moments of these little moments because some shows will go out of their way to be like, look how meaningful this is. And I'm like, I get it. No, no.
1: Like Lost is very good at shorthanding a big moment. You know,
0: because they don't treat their audience like idiots. Michael even like called Jin his friend like two episodes ago or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've come such a long way in in about a year.
0: Mm -hmm. Locke says free at last, which is a uh, Martin Luther King Jr. quote. Um, mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey, look, Mike. And he's like, yeah, cool. <laughs> Cause he was literally the reason why it got put on him. And, you know, I assume that after becoming friends with Jin, Michael probably saw that every day and was like reminded of like, that he was the reason that, that he had. And he like, oh, I never thought about that. Ended up having like sores on his wrist because of it too. So
1: mm, it's true. Ooh. Yeah. There, there was that. I think, yeah, I remember seeing that. It's been a while since I watched the rest of season two. Yeah. Hello. guest guess star. Um, was
0: Okay, but same, though, and, like, I'm supposed to be semi-professional on this podcast, so. All right, fair. Um, uh, yeah. Michael brings up the blast doors, which we will obviously talk about in the spoiler section, Um, but Desmond didn't really say why, although Desmond does, in fact, know what they're for. The damn Desmond!
3: Hey, Locke. What's up with the blast doors? Blast doors? Yeah. Like, in case of an explosion, eh? Come from the ceiling. That guy down here, uh, Desmond? Yeah, Desmond. He didn't tell you about these, what they're for? No. No, he didn't. But he did leave a movie. A movie? Yeah. You want to see it? I Hmm. would like to see it, too.
1: I had, again, part of my theory about this being like, you know, there was a break in filming and now we're back for the second part of season two. I think they added the blast doors.
0: Oh, almost certainly. You think? Yeah. And then they like were writing lockdown, which is an episode later in the season. And they were just like, we need blast doors. Bring them in.
1: Okay. No sooner do I, no sooner did I say that. I was like, well, are they referenced in, no, the whole thing with the, with the hatch is referenced in the first episode. Like, everything that plays out in the finale is, set is like, sort of mapped out in the first episode, including the alarm and, like, the weird trigger thing. Like, I don't know. Season two is, is geniusly constructed. I, I I shouldn't doubt them.
0: I mean, do you think around this time they were also deciding that, yeah, maybe we're going to keep Desmond around so we should bring him up every once right. in a while?
1: I, this might be the point in the season where, like, okay, we may bring him back. But... I definitely think that the seat by whew, no, no, no. I can't talk about the season two finale yet. <laughs> Write it down. This might sure be the forget. time where they start to perhaps they are toing, They are keeping active. The idea that perhaps Henry Ian Cusick has more story to tell on this show. And that he's not just running off into the jungle never to be seen again.
0: Which would looking back would be such a weird decision to make. Oh no. Like there's just this wild person that has the answers to every question they have and they're like, oh, we'll never see mm-hmm. him again. Right,
1: right. I mean what to, to give Lost a little credit, I mean I know that they get knocked sometimes for characters giving oblique answers to questions that really should just get answered in the moment. But he really has a good reason for running away, which is that he's been oh, locked yeah. in a f-ing hatch for uh, however long he was down there. Did he say? Yeah,
0: he's uh, got some trauma. I think. How long was Desmond? Three did years. Did he
1: say it? Did he say in the it's pilot three years. or in, in the first episode?
0: Three years. Three mm-hmm. years. Yeah, three
1: years. Yeah, that's crazy. You
0: can't keep someone that handsome in a hatch I where know. no one can see him. How? It's dare? not nice. Yeah, exactly. It's just not nice. Uh, so Locke is I keep like wanting to
1: say spoilers,
0: but. There is a movie. There was a movie, so we can watch a movie if you want. And Michael's like, yeah, "Yeah, let's watch the movie. And Echo is just like, hello.
1: And Echo is, I have him in my notes, Echo is quiet.
0: He's so delightful, though. He's so polite. He's like, hey, if it's okay with you, I'd also like to watch the movie. I'm bored.
1: Nothing scares me more than, you guys have surely mastered pronouncing his name, right? The actor's name?
0: I don't know. I... Cannot say that I am very confident in saying his last name, but his first name is Adewali.
1: So Adewale, I mean, nothing. he is so good at being both engrossing and terrifying. Like in moments of utter benignness. Like where he's just sitting there, it's just like, hello, my friend. And you're just like, Ugh.
0: He's incredible. Especially like when you a- listen to his real accent, which is like almost a cockney English.
1: Oh wow. Yeah.
0: What? <laughs> you have to like you have okay. to look up a... Uh, an interview with him like if you watch the bonus features with him on them. He's just like like he's totally It's like Naveen. Naveen and he are like incredible. Oh, yeah with, um...
1: Yeah Naveen who, the the Bollywood star
0: Naveen's beautiful English accent that almost never gets used oh, yeah. properly was he in suicide Except in sensei? Sensei. He, I was about to
1: say does he get to use it in Sensei?
0: Yeah, oh, he okay. does. I didn't know he was in he's so good. At t- Have you watched Sensei?
1: I've seen season one.
0: He, oh, he's so good! I in didn't it. know that Adewale was Who? in Suicide Squad.
1: Yeah, he plays a uh, killer uh, croc.
0: Oh, <gasps> he does! Yeah, he plays... Oh, we've all just admitted we watched Suicide Squad. Uh, I didn't.
1: Uh, no, oh, I, I well. mean I saw it. I got. I went to a, a Bruin alumni screening for it though, so I didn't pay.
0: Okay, well then you're excused. Yes. My mom made me watch it, so I feel like I'm also excused, and she's the one with bad taste.
1: Fair. So. Let's see. Next thing in the B story. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, they're going
0: to watch the movie. We
1: found a uh, The next thing I have is we found a book, but that's after. Um, yeah, movie. that's in a sec. Yeah.
0: So they're going to watch the movie. And something that I noticed uh, just from editing is I think in orientation in 203, we had mentioned that, like, I wonder what happens when, like, if you put the code in wrong. And yeah. we thought, oh, it'll probably just, like, start over. And they'll be like, try again, friend. But something that I noticed is that in the orientation film, he says it's very important for you to input it correctly and timely or whatever.
2: Mm.
0: And I'm like, well, now I'm wondering, like, what happens if you put it in incorrectly again? I feel like you know. <laughs> Just goes, I, I, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I feel like the same yeah. result that happens perhaps later in the series hmm. would occur. It may maybe. <laughs> what was that sound? I loved it.
1: I don't know. <laughs> Why why is the why am I enforcing the spoiler rules? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I am on my best behavior in terms of spoilers. Oh no, we're
1: gonna we're gonna cut loose after in the second half of this pod.
0: Totally. Yeah, that's usually what I wait for is just to ask all the questions about things I've forgotten.
1: No, but let's offer some good discussion for the for the noobs.
0: <laughs> um something like that the film filmmaker in me wanted to point out is that we have the moment where Candleman <laughs> we call him. Uh, mm-hmm. Says, "Do not attempt to use the computer." And then it, like you know, splices right. And of course, as of course. soon as he says that, that's when we get the close up on Michael
1: because mm,
0: he's ah. the one who's going to use. That's
1: him. good. Um, that's good editing. Also, I noticed when the alarm when the alarm's going off later. Just speaking of editing, I just think that the sound design and the editing on whenever they're when they're punching in the numbers is really good because they are able to suggest this little delay. And this little yeah. like kind of very like 70s tech like lag of punching in the number and it's still hitting mm-hmm. zero but still re- rewinding in time like they really make that technology feel very tactile and very uh, have a lot of personality.
0: Very how it used to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where you're like, God, the delay of waiting for dial-up sort of mood. Well,
1: exactly, exactly, and it's it's even that pre-dial-up feeling, that very like yeah. we're using digital technology to make analog things work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, hold on, I'm gonna look so up once, his name because I'm, I'm having
0: I'm, flashbacks. So once the movie ends, they're kind of like having a chat about it, and Echo is like very seriously like moved. He's just, like, sitting there thinking about it. And Michael's asking questions about, like, you know, the missing pieces and everything, which uh, there's, like, a thing called the missing pieces later. So, I mean, obviously that wasn't, like, a thing they did on purpose, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, And they're like, Echo, like, how did you feel about the movie? And Echo's just like, I think I'll fully ignore you and walk away, actually.
1: I have deep thoughts that I will ruminate on for a moment.
0: (laughs) He just needs some, like, time to, like, boot up his live journal so that he can really, like, work out how he feels about it.
1: I mean, yeah. okay, but, I mean, jokes, we can make, there are there are jokes to make about this, sure, but I love oh, yeah, that speech.
0: Oh, my God, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about the book speech? Yes, the book speech. Yes, we're, we're coming up on it right now. Okay,
1: actually. good, good, good.
0: So, there's 23 minutes left on the, th- dude, That. Timer, this episode is obsessed with 23. 23 seconds, 23 minutes. I think it's 23 minutes twice. Like, it's literally, like, mm-hmm. all about 23 this episode. For some if reason. you didn't pick up on the number references before, they're like, hey, hey, these are important. Yeah. We're just going to really point them out for you. So they're kind of giving us exposition on how the computer works. Michael's saying, can we put the numbers in now? And he's just like, no, it doesn't work. Beep, 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 nothing. Almost like a
1: mid-season reminder.
0: Well, that's what I thought was interesting.
1: See, that's why I feel like it's a post-break episode. That's why it feels like yeah. a post-break episode. Like, like they shot the first eight and then took the break. And usually it's they shoot the first nine and they take the break. Because the break comes right. after this episode.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was so interesting when they were doing this because they waited until now to answer questions that we've had you know, probably since episode, you know, what, one, what was the season finale? Um, um, 123 to 25. Yeah. So, you know, not only have they waited an entire summer's hiatus, but then eight episodes into season two, they're like, hey, let's talk about how this mysterious machine works. Right. Yeah. And Michael's like, oh, can I like check out the hardware? And he's like, sure. And Michael's like, cool. I think I'll do that for literally the rest of the episode. Well, he's,
1: <laughs> I mean, I do like, uh, there, the, it's, again, I like the dramaturgy of Lost, which is that Michael is established to be like a building and tech guy. Yeah. So like yeah. they've carefully kept, like because of story, he's been separated from this thing. And he's doing, a, he's doing an audit on the thing that nobody else would have been able to do until he got back. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool that suddenly you're getting new information and new exposition because a character who has that skill set has organically arrived at the location. Like
0: mm-hmm. it's also, very yeah. good
1: storytelling.
0: I also like what it says about Michael, which is he's got a lot of stuff going on internally. But one of the things he can do is see a physical problem and start tinkering with yes, it. Yes, right.
1: because he digs. He's the guy who really figures out how to get Charlie out of the cave and back in the moth.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very much, I think, one of Michael's sort of psychological coping mechanisms, and they come back to it quite a few times, which I really appreciate in terms of, like, the character continuity of Michael. Yeah. So Locke and Echo are going to sit down at the table, and this monologue is absolutely incredible, which we've Ooh, talked about before. Um, and he says, I'd like to tell you a story I'm going to begin at the beginning, which is just, like, a beautiful <laughs> line for some... Like, like I feel like that's something that you see on, like, Pinterest pictures, <laughs> begin at the beginning you know well it's a very good place to start
1: but he's oh thank you for that um <laughs> yeah he, but it, it's also he it's very like i think he even asks for permissions like if you don't mind i'm going to begin yeah. at the beginning oh, he's like so
0: delightful yeah
1: yeah and then the, it gives way to what i think is my pick for the the favorite line of the episode
0: <gasps> beautiful which
1: is you know what how does he begin the monologue? Like, does he, did you write it down like it's like it's like, back in Judea, there was a king named so- He's
0: like, oh, you mean the beginning?
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I write. It's like, boy, when you say beginning, you mean beginning. <laughs>
0: yeah. Locks it in there like, should I should I get a snack? Like, how long is this going to yeah. take? It's, like,
1: it's like, way, way back many centuries ago, not long after the Bible began.
0: <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. I really should have peed before we sat down then.
3: <laughs> if you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. Long before Christ- the king of Judah was a man named Josiah. Boy, when you say beginning, you mean beginning. At that time, the temple where the people worshipped was in ruin, and so the people worshiped idols, false gods, and so the kingdom was in disarray. Josiah, since he was a good king, sent his secretary to the treasury and said, we must rebuild the temple. Give all of the gold to the workers so that this will be done. But when the secretary returned, he had no gold. And when Josiah asked why this was, the secretary replied, We found a book. Do you know this story? No, very don'. don't. What the secretary had found was an ancient book the Book of Law. You may know it as the Old Testament, and it was with that ancient book. Not with the gold that Josiah rebuilt the temple.
1: Jacob lived in the land of Canaan, a fine example of a family oh. man. Anyone? I, I tried. Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dream Coat references.
0: Oh, see, if Claire was here, she would have got yes. that. Speaking of Claire! Yes. Speaking of speaking, Claire. Speaking of that idiot who is texting me right she now. She did right. us a, a real solid last night. Mm-hmm. So, Echo tells this whole story about Josiah in the Book of Law. And I personally am not a religious person and don't know literally anything about it. And Claire kind of complained. I don't think she would call it a complaint, but it like kind of was a complaint. And she tweeted like that, like when they talk about like religious things really explicitly on this show. And then she like, oh, I have so many thoughts, but but none of us on here really know what we're talking about about that stuff so mm-hmm. we don't talk mm-hmm. about it so claire has sent us in a clip talking about josiah and the book of law and Ooh. it's really wonderful um i just told her like yeah if you could like link it to lock and echo that'd be great and she's like cool yeah i'll see what i can do and then she sent me 14 minutes home um, <laughs> so uh, that's, my that's for what, the
1: show notes <laughs> yeah
0: usually what i would exactly. do is i would transcribe what people said and then we i would read it out so that we could like discuss it but um it was 14 minutes and it was last night so i listened to it <laughs> and i'm just going to kind of tell you what happened you're
1: going to give us the cliff notes that is of the so... you're going to give us the cliff notes of the claire notes
0: exactly fantastic so the first thing she talks about is kind of just like what Josiah and the Book of Law story is. So that goes here.
4: Mm -hmm. Uh, Hi, my name is Claire Willett. And uh, in addition to being a huge fan of Lost and of the Aficionados uh, and the co-host of the Metastation podcast, I also spent eight years as a Catholic Youth Minister. So I am here on request from Robin and Brittany to take you all to school on Josiah and the Book of Law so okay uh so josiah was one of the kings of judah like echo said he's mentioned twice in the old testament uh once in the second book of kings and then also in the second book of chronicles uh he became king when he was like eight years old after his dad was assassinated who was the king before him and he came from a line of kings that had basically fostered the spread of like all kinds of other cults and idol worshiping gods all over judah everything from like pagan goddess worship to ghosts and mediums and household gods and things like that. And Josiah is pretty much credited as the king who came in and kind of stomped all that stuff out. He destroyed all the other temples. Uh, He burned and melted down their idols. And he didn't just like destroy the buildings, he defiled them. He sort of made it impossible for anyone to use them as sanctified ground ever again. Like he would grind up the false priest's bones and sprinkle them over the altar. So he basically like single handedly got the whole kingdom of Judah back in the fold with the Jewish faith again, which in the Bible makes him like a hero of God. But honestly, like I haven't reread Chronicles in a long time, but he kind of comes off as like a really terrifying buzzkill. And I think like maybe a murderer question mark, like the stuff about the priest's bones was really upsetting. Anyway, so that's Josiah. Uh, So basically, so big picture, um, a big chunk of the sort of broad stroke story of the Old Testament is the story of God leading his people to the promised land and then getting increasingly pissed off at them as like each subsequent generation grows a little bit more ungrateful to the God who saved them from captivity until a few thousand years later they've forgotten that he like even existed and he's like really really mad Uh, so Josiah was super devout and he had grown up in the shadow of all these sort of cult worshiping kings, like his dad and his grandfather. And he wanted to bring the Jewish people back to God. So he, like, forcibly wiped out all other faiths from the whole land. And he brought back a bunch of, like, the more traditional Jewish practices, like celebrating the Passover, which is the festival that commemorates the Jewish people's rescue from slavery, which we all learned from Prince of Egypt, um, which they'd stopped doing under the reigns of the previous king. So, like, a lot of the, um, kind of defining cultural traditions of Judaism, the previous kings had essentially stopped and Josiah brought them back. So that's who he is. Um, there's not a ton of historical documentation about him from the time. He's really only mentioned in the Bible, but. Historians are, like, pretty sure he for real existed. Um, And he is one of the kings who's mentioned in the lineage of Jesus, who was descended from the kings of Judah.
0: But she also mentions that Echo kind of actually doesn't quite get it exactly right. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And she talks about, like,
0: sort of the things that he did get wrong and what the actual
4: um, story was. So, um, (laughs) So Echo slightly... Fudges the book story, even though he tells it beautifully, and I could listen to his voice all day long. Um, but he kind of makes it sound like they rebuild the temple with the book instead of money, which is a very sort of beautiful way of implying that like the temple being rebuilt is like a temple in an abstract sense. Like he's referring to the people. Like we're not going to rebuild this temple with bricks and wood. We're going to rebuild it with words and people and community. And that's not really what they mean here. Um, That is an allegory that you see a lot in the Bible, although I think of it as more like a New Testament thing, Um, like Jesus telling Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, even though like rock, uh, Peter is the word for rock, so what he means is like, upon you, Peter, the human being, I will build this church. So it's all sort of like, it works as a lovely metaphor for construction and also, you know, a sort of a like, the, the churches, the people, not the actual building. Um, but that's not, um, that's not really what's happening, uh, here. It's, I think it's really important to note that, um, because Echo doesn't want really make this clear, um, Josiah actually did physically rebuild the Jerusalem temple. Um, the money that Echo's talking about, although, um, in my Catholic Bible, it is silver and not gold, uh, was basically all the, like, piled up like taxes and donations and tithing does robin know what tithing is okay so t- tithing is an ancient religious practice where basically like um people were expected to give 10 percent of all of their money every year to the church um so they had all this money just like sitting in the back room i guess um presumably because the temple wasn't getting a ton of foot traffic because everyone was worshipping all these Jilly and other gods that had their own temples. Um, so when they went back there to be like, oh, hey, Josiah, here's your remodeling money. We found a crapload of silver. You're the king, so I guess you can just have it. Uh, they also found the book with the money. Um, and I'll come back to the book in a second. But one thing I do want to point out that Echo gets right is is that the money actually did go straight to the workers in order to rebuild the temple? And one of the kind of subtle undertones that I like in this story um, is how explicit it is, kind of like weirdly specific and clear that the workers got paid up front. And I have, I have no way of knowing if this is true, but part of me wonders: like, is that sort of a reference to the fact? That the Jews were slave labor in Egypt, and thousands of them died building temples for the pharaohs, and they were treated horribly, so maybe like part of how later Jewish writers denoted and like in the Bible like who's a good king and who's a bad king had to do with like did they pay their workers and treat them well um, I don't know if that's true or if it's relevant here, it just was something that kind of like leaped out of me while I was reading um, so the book of law so echoes slightly exaggerating, that it was the entire Old Testament, because the Old Testament wasn't one book then. It was this whole ass library of writings that were from thousands of years apart, some of them. Um, So like nobody in the 600s BCE was just like sitting there reading it cover to cover in paperback. Um, The most likely guess of historians of what he actually found was that he found the Book of Deuteronomy. Um, Although that's still a big deal because it legitimately, I guess it had gone missing. Um, And a big part of Josiah's religious reforms had to do with being the one who kind of began to collect and compile a bunch of the readings that became the Old Testament later. But they didn't just like find a book. They found part of what later became a book once books as we know them were invented. Um anyway, so because of his reforms and because he led the people back to God, there was a prophecy given to Josiah that basically amounted to God saying like Okay, look, I, the Lord, your God, am still butthurt that you picked other gods who aren't me. So I'm still going to keep on with my plans for Jerusalem's ultimate destruction. But my present to you is that you, Josiah, will be dead before that happens. Uh, So oh, also, um, fun fact I learned as I was rereading Chronicles that I didn't remember, um, the prophecy was given to him by a woman. She was the wife of the guy who was in charge of Josiah's wardrobe and apparently was, like, low he a witch. Her name is Hulda. I know how much Robin loves the minor characters. So, so Hulda is the person in this story that you can stand.
0: And she also reads out a couple of verses that can be brought back to a certain Burger King. Um, <laughs> Burger King is what we... Who do, who do we call Burger King? Burger King is a certain man in white that we know. Ah, yes. We, we've given all of our spoiler characters fast food names so that we can refer to them without spoilers. Are you
1: cutting this bit out?
0: Just a little <laughs> bit.
1: But yes. All right. So, wait. Ha, ha, when have you seen Burger King? Wait, what possible references to Burger King have happened on the show to this point?
0: Oh, we've gotten, we've gotten through a lot of them, like, you know, the visions and stuff, who are they and stuff. But we had Burger King, and then what did we name a certain other guy? His certain brother? Pretty sure it was Carl's Jr. No, it wasn't Carl's Jr. Because we have a person you're, on the Riverdale pod... On the C- Sabrina podcast named Charles Carl's Jr. So I feel like it was Arby's. I think it was Arby's.
1: <sighs> but I mean, yeah, know. it was Arby's. But you're allowed to talk about Smokey. Because that's who Smokey... Yes. That, because yeah. Because, I mean, even at the time of this episode... And we can cut back in here if you like. Um, even at the time of this episode, there was speculation that, that the horse... Was, that random horse was Smokey. You're kidding! At the time of the airing Well... I don't know if it well I went back and read all of Doc Jensen's recaps while I was watching okay. the show. Oh my okay. god, that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff by the way. If you haven't read Jeff Jensen's uh, episodic recaps of Lost, they are poetry.
0: Robin, have you read them? No, but I'm interested.
1: No, look up uh, on Entertainment Weekly, just look through the archives, find Jeff Jensen's episodic recaps of Lost. They're each like like as the series goes on, they're like 8 pages long and um are yeah but they're filled with these like he's one of those guys who fully embraced crackpot theorizing because but by virtue of deep dive literary research and like oh so this this li- because they reference this book in the story maybe it's talking about this is a possible direction of the show and the jack on is on this journey because of because of this book that was in the pile that we saw for two seconds, you know,
0: but those were not entirely unfair assumptions to make considering the show did do things. Like well, that. no,
1: the show did do things like that. Yeah. And, you know, it was quite generous with its allusions to C.S. Lewis and um, at, at all. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So there's, uh, there are a few places here where I actually felt like there were some kind of interesting, like Bible deep cuts that might connect to the actual plot of Lost in some cool ways. So I wanted to read uh, a couple of passages to you and then maybe, like, you guys can discuss them in the spoiler section. I didn't want to be, like, too obvious about, like, here's what I think this could be referring to because they're all things that haven't happened yet. Um, But Robin and Brittany will know what I mean. Uh, So this one is from 2 Kings 23, and it's only mentioned there. It doesn't come up in Chronicles at all. Um, And this is from when Josiah is on his temple-destroying rampage through the country to defile all the pagan idol shrines. And it says... When Josiah turned and saw the graves there on the mountainside, he ordered the bones taken from the graves and burned on the altar and thus defiled it, according to the Lord's word proclaimed by the man of God, as Jeroboam stood by the altar on the feast day. When the king looked up and saw the grave of the man of God who had proclaimed these words, he asked, what is that marker I see? The people of the city replied, the grave of of the man of God who came from Judah and proclaimed the very things you have done to the altar in Bethel. Let him be, he said, let no one move his bones. So they left his bones undisturbed together with the bones of the prophet who had come from Samaria. So I could not figure out who the man of God was or who the prophet who had come from Samaria refers to, despite all my years of Catholic school and all my Googling. Um, but without like getting too deep into spoiler territory, I did think it was interesting. And I imagined that Robin and Brittany might have some thoughts pertaining to the idea of a tomb with the bones of two different holy men intermingled, which the newcomer to town is careful not to disturb. And that these were people who came many, many years before and prophesied or foresaw in some way, um, the potential future destruction. Um, I don't know if I can be more explicit than that without giving things away, but Robin can, (laughs) Robin take the wheel. Um, so the other thing I wanted to read is I wanted to read the actual part where they find the book. Um, so you can hear kind of some of the similarities and differences. Um, so this is from Second Chronicles chapter 34. When they brought out the money that had been deposited in the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given through Moses. He reported this to Shaphan the scribe, saying, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, who brought it to the king at the same time that he made his report to him. He said, your servants are doing everything that has been entrusted to them. They have smelted down the silver deposited in the Lord's house and have turned it over to the overseers and the workers. Then Shaphan the scribe also informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book, and then Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his garments. The king then issued this command to Elkiah, to Ahikaru, son of Shaphan, to Abdon, son of Micah, and to Shaphan the scribe, and to Asaiah, the king's servant. Go, consult the Lord for me, and for those who are left in Israel and Judah, about the words of the book that has been found. For the anger of the Lord burns furiously against us, because our ancestors did not keep the word of the Lord and have not done all that is written in this book. So, the interesting thing I think here, and again, trying to, like, avoid spoileryness, um, the deal with the book is not so much, kind of, I think, as Echo implies, that it becomes, like, the foundation of a new church in some abstract way. It's that what they find inside the book is a reminder of things they were supposed to be doing and weren't, which feels like maybe potentially a plot thread tie-in somewhere. Um... And the prophet, or prophetess, lady, uh, tells Josiah basically like, look, the book you found has a whole bunch of rules that you were all supposed to be following and you didn't follow them. So disaster for everyone but you because you will be dead before all hell really breaks loose. Um, and so without getting too deep into spoiler territory, uh, I think, first of all, the idea of what they find in the book alluding to things they are supposed to be doing and aren't is a thread to consider. Um, And also the idea that um, there certainly are characters who die in earlier seasons and aren't around for the sort of season six finale end game where everything kind of goes banana pants um, for whom this could be sort of an interesting, maybe allegory or reference to them. Um, So I'll let the girls kind of unpack that a little bit more in the spoiler section um okay so uh that's it thank you for letting me ramble on for 12 minutes (laughs) about the bible um i'm excited to listen to this one and uh look forward to i'm sure at some other future point coming back on to yell about theology stuff some more uh okay love you bye
0: so yeah josiah and the book of law thank you to claire for talking to us about that nice i like how we're like we can't really discuss it because like when Claire goes on a Claire monologue, all you got to do is kind of just like buckle in and just be like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 I trust you.
1: <laughs> Listeners, we are talking about a person named Claire and not the character Claire uh, played by yes. Emily oh, Draven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At Kane and Griffin. <laughs> uh, she Follow was on her. the 201 pod. Yeah. Well, we had to have her on the 201 pod because it was Desmond's first episode. Is there knocking on a door going on?
1: No, that yes. that's the yeah, Rocky chair.
0: That's oh my gosh, okay, I'm just, like, I'm just like, is nobody going to be like, sorry, one sec, someone's at my door? Nah. No, okay. Robin, it's actually just in your head. That would be spoopy. Yeah, that's why I said it. But one thing that I thought was really interesting that, you know, we've discussed on previous episodes is that although Echo and Locke are, like, super men of faith, they're kind of on opposite sides of the spectrum because Echo is, like, majorly religious and Locke is just spiritual, and I think that's really exemplified in the moment where Echo starts and says do you know this story and Locke says no I don't
1: actually that's Um. a that's a really good point because again in this in the way that this is starting a new story it appears that Locke is a little bit more flippant and casual Mm. about matters of Mm -hmm. faith in this episode than he has generally been up to this point right Um, I mean, and they do a good job of justifying it, you know, the but this is the episode I think where the button, button duty is at its most routine and background, where it's just like, okay, we have shifts, this is what we do, everybody's involved, and then Kate, don't forget, it's Kate, Kate, you want to stay on button duty? Sure. I'm going to go to the beach. Like, yeah,
0: it's very normalized. This is,
1: I think that this is peak normalization of button duty.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so it gives them a good opportunity to kind of loosen lock up and, have him be kind of interestingly relaxed about matters of destiny and fate so that it makes him an interesting foil for Echo in this episode. And, uh, you know, that may give him an interesting place to go as this season progresses.
0: I don't exactly remember exactly what Locke's arc is in the next couple episodes but to me if he's normalized this so much my next step for that character would kind of be like wow so i trusted people with the button i cannot trust people ever again and now you know now it has to be just me
1: Mm. um but
0: i don't exactly remember how far it goes with that
1: or i mean or it, it, it could lead in a direction where like Oh, my faith, my faith is being manifest into my day to day routine. If that were to be challenged, that would perhaps be a very bad thing.
0: Precisely. Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's a lot going on in this scene. And I think one element that is sort of unspoken is that uh, to me, um, Echo's words are a cautionary tale Mm -hmm. and to Locke, it's very much sort of a power trip. Which is I'm the one in control here. I know everything that's going right. on, and then Echo sort of turns it on his head by going, "Actually, here's a whole bunch of stuff you didn't know that may humble you a little mm-hmm. bit in terms of your all-seeing behavior." Yeah. I'm
1: gonna outman a faith you for a moment.
0: Yeah, just and for a quick f- precisely. Yeah.
1: And, you know, so he drops his "We found a book" line, which I love, and um, you know, and then later on, he's like, "Don't." It's like, "Do not mistake coincidence for fate."
0: Oh iconic.
1: And I'm just like finally when well, someone gets to drop that line on lock instead of Locke always being like the you know it's destiny, you know, the yeah. island.
0: Exactly. And it also is sort of like a, a for me it was a check and balance of Echo going, "Hey, by the way, this whole story is a cautionary tale in believing in false gods." Mm-hmm. And I like I think to Echo, the island's messages are false gods that that Locke is taking as like, you know, gospel.
1: Well, I I mean, spoiler section. Spoiler section.
0: Yeah, write it down. Um, write it down. <laughs> um, Cause I could be wrong here. Um anyway. We have a couple questions here that like don't ever really get answered. Um they're just kind of like, ooh, mysterious island. Why was the thing cut? I think like we can guess it's probably somebody... I have a
1: theory that goes in the spoiler section okay, for perfect. why the why the right. footage was cut. Right. I actually ooh, okay. I have a certainty as to why the footage was cut that Absolutely has to go in the spoiler section.
0: Okay, I'm going to write that down. Okay. Yes. But either way, it's like quite a lot of new content. Um, And it's like Echo is like so smiley afterwards. He's just like, yes, I slayed that reveal.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> got him. I, I got drama. him.
0: He's like, you know what? I have. Like as soon as the he watched the film, he was just like, oh, you know what? I know exactly what goes here and I need yep. to tell them, but I have to tell them in the perfect way.
1: It's like, this is a big moment for me. And as, because I'm a priest, I'm just going to have, I get to do a sermon now.
0: There's so much pageantry to it. I'm like, damn, Echo. Nobody on you've been watching a lot of Drag Race. Lost hey?
1: is very good at having lots of pageantry, but having it feel earned.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: There's a character that will be introduced very soon who loves his pageantry <laughs> um, and his obsequious uh, speeches that um, are quite earned.
0: That's my boy. Yeah. One of my favorite moments in this episode is, like, I... Like, Echo is so dramatic and so, like, I guess just, like, large in, in like, most ways. And so th- seeing him in, like, this environment that's, like, so just, like, regular and normal is, like, very funny to me. And so, like, Locke being, like, hey, I got some tape, will you hold the tape down for me? And Echo just, like, (laughs) doing his giant hands, like, on tape, on this tape, and just, like, (laughs) looking at Locke, like, why am I doing this right now? was hilarious to me.
1: Well, remember how weird it was back in the other 48 days, seeing Locke in, like, a suit.
0: (laughs) Yep. Where you're like, oh, there's none of this. Feels oh, right. Echo, yeah.
1: Do we have to, have we, has the, the 23rd Psalm already, wait, no. That's have next Have we already episode. gotten the lock? Oh, we haven't gotten the lock. Oh, so, oh, you may have to cut all the stuff about Echo being a priest.
0: Yeah, I'm going to just bleep it. Sometimes I just bleep okay. spoilers. And people can thank you. and then everyone's like, what did it say? And I'm like.
1: It'll be like, because Echo is a bleep, he gets to do a sermon. Yeah.
0: I can guess (laughs) there you go um Uh, but but Locke is saying like how crazy is it that we that you found this like missing piece of the thing like that's so weird like it was all the way on the other side of the island and like it was hidden um, and everything and like then you came to us and like yeah that's just like crazy and like we said don't mistake coincidence for fate which is like one of echo's iconic lines and like one of the most iconic lines in the entire show and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like was their destiny and
1: a big theme a, a capital b capital big capital theme of yeah. of lost mm-hmm. really
0: yep but yeah michael is still looking at the hardware even though it's been four years <laughs> and they're they're watching <laughs> the movie and it's just like oh you guys don't use the computer the computer for communication that's like literally the worst thing you could do yeah you could use it for communication and it might tempt you to use it for communication but like don't okay
1: yeah, it's very important. I think the what I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it's like it's very important to the integrity of what you're doing yeah. that you not interact with the outside mm-hmm. world or something like that. Which I will.
0: And Michael's like, "Well, that doesn't apply to me."
1: <laughs> he could pretend he didn't hear.
0: Yeah, and that's like another thing to talk about in the spoiler section is just like why this specific part was taken out of the... Like, yeah, we just have, like, a lot of things to say, and that's the spoiler-section thing. Moving on. Yeah. So, one thing that I noticed is, when we were talking about it in orientation, we were saying that, like, Candleman... I can't say his real name, because it's a spoiler. But Candleman, he had... The, Cho-
1: uh, the actor Francois Choi. Yeah.
0: Um... um. There you go. He has a prosthetic arm, quotation marks, because he never uses it in the entire orientation film. And I kind of like Mm. was able to connect that to a certain season five finale. and I was very excited about it. But like he continues not to use that arm. So that means to me, at least, that they still are going with that narrative. Um, But one thing that I noticed, I was looking at the bonus features and he fully uses both arms in the bonus features. In like the bonus oh, feature, like menu, like he's. Been- I have
1: more uh, spoilers that may per- like one of the yeah.
0: Cool. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, I love it, but like the bonus feature menu, he's the bonus feature menu, and he's fully using both arms. So I'm like, okay, this isn't canon. Bye.
1: It's, but it's still good be canon because of reasons. Okay. Okay. But uh, also, I just a filmmaking thing. I, it, it seems so clear to me that. That Francois Chau, uh shot the uh, insert footage on uh, uh, like later.
0: Yes, totally.
1: Like his hair is you know parted differently, and it's like a little. I don't know. Maybe he put a little bit of black dye in it. He maybe got some from the horse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just wardrobe
0: was really weird that day.
1: It's just, it's like when you're watching a blockbuster and it's just like reshoot. Yeah. And like yeah. Reshoot sideburns. Yeah. Reshoot must, r- r- and I'm like, like, okay,
0: so Cap doesn't have a beard, so we're just gonna have Chris Evans just lean on his hand.
1: Like, uh, yeah, it's like Kate Mara reshoot wig. That's a reference to the Fantastic Four, which I didn't see, but I know that she wears a terrible wig in the research in the reshoot footage.
0: And you could just tell.
1: Uh, oh, it's um, apparently really bad.
0: But another thing that Kahneman says is that it might lead to another incident. Mm. So nice. <laughs> Gosh, what could that be? Is this be, the I first wonder?
1: reference to an incident?
0: No, I'm. Pr- we've talked about it before. I can't really like say exactly what it was, but we've definitely talked about it. I get mad when she talks about the incident.
1: Is this, this So this is the perhaps not. This is not the first in show reference to there being an incident that happened on the island in yeah. the hatch.
0: Yeah, I believe it's yeah. definitely happened before.
1: Okay. Well, they also watched this video. Oh no. Well, they mention it in a different part of the video too. I
0: believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as, like, Locke turns it off, they, like, literally, like, slapstick look to each other slowly. Like, they're like, what was that? That's crazy. What could that have been about? And so then we move to Michael, and he starts hearing, like, this, like, ping. And he looks up, and he's like, well, it's not time to put in the code, so I don't get it. Whatever, I'll just ignore it. Here's another ping, and he's like, okay. (laughs) I get it. I can't. If there's an annoying sound, I'm just like, well, we're going to figure out what this is now. Yeah. Um, me when the fire alarm needs new batteries. <laughs> and so he like walks around and it looks like it says hello. And of course he wasn't in the room. He probably could have heard it, to be honest. He probably could have heard it if he was paying attention. But um, he didn't know that you were not supposed to use it for communication. And nobody knows that he was using it for communication. So he says, it says hello. And mm-hmm. he says, hello. And it says, yeah. hmm, who is this? And this is probably one of my favorite moments of the episode as well. Because it says, who is this? And Michael goes, oh, well, that's know oh, The answer, Great.
1: Great. <laughs> I feel like, uh, I don't know how old you guys are, but that's, vi- like, there's something very- I'm 29. Oh, okay. So you're closer in age to me, actually. Yeah. Not uh, I, not yeah. I.
0: Yeah. There's some- That's how I could tell when you said PM. I was like, oh, okay.
1: There's something very 80s computer movie about, like, there's something very kind of like sna- like Sneakers War gamesy about, like, him sitting at the yes! computer and being like, my name is Michael, period. You know, like, it's very, like- I'm going to yep. talk to the computer for a little bit, and I'm going to just Smart introduce child. myself by my, fir- by my, fir- and I'm going to introduce myself by my first name. You mm-hmm. know, it it reads plausibly yep. in uh, because the show is so has so much fun referencing like genre stuff from previous decades. Like, it felt very much like you know playing with a computer in the '80s. Mm-hmm. It,
0: it's very sneakers esque. That's the perfect. Reference. Oh man,
1: I love that movie.
0: That movie is iconic, especially if you go back and watch it and you're like, wow. Everyone
1: in this movie is famous now. Except for yeah. River Phoenix, who would have been, a, like, would have eight Oscars if he hadn't passed away. Yeah.
0: Yep. So Michael says, this is Michael, who dis? And yeah. they say, dad? And it's like, <gasps> oh my god, it's Wall. Dude, masterful cliffhanger. Fantastic. Also,
1: great, great edit too because Mm -hmm. the the episode cuts out just as his lips are forming a w
0: yep oh my gosh i know right oh god right it's just like
1: because we all know what it sounds like when michael says walt because we heard him say it
0: i know i was gonna say they're like let's cut it off we've heard him say it enough
1: we've heard him scream it enough
0: Whoa. It's my favorite line of the whole Whoa. show. It was the best meme on the internet.
1: What?
0: What?
1: It's Robin funny it. how like it even becomes self-referential by the season two premiere, where Sawyer is just like, "Stop mm-hmm. screaming that."
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I picked that for my uh, best line award for the season two premiere, just to make Robin insert it was that. Clip also, again. her favorite line award for the season one finale. Well, it's uh, it's iconic oh, for a reason. Right. She's right. That's yeah. all of my thoughts on the echo lock.
1: I just have, after Don't Mistake Coincidence for Fate, I have bros written down. They have like a faith bro moment.
0: They do. They're like, oh yes, you also understand things are mysterious Mm -hmm. here. You
1: are also not a a pedantic literalist like Jack.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, this is my favorite thing to ask guests is, what's your opinion on Jack.
1: I think he has a terrific arc on the show. I think my opinion on Jack dovetails into my opinion on Kate and basically the other principles like I, I feel like Jack, Sawyer, Locke and Kate are kind of like the four quote unquote leads of the show Yeah and each of them has a central pathology. The show is about them and that pathology and on rewatch it's even clearer and it makes their flaws. Not only more tolerable, but also kind of beautiful in how they, where they go. Like Jack is obsessed yeah. with fixing things. Uh, Sawyer will is a survivor mm-hmm. at any cost. Um, Locke believes, and Kate runs. Like those are and those are each of their core qualities that the sh- that yeah like Kate will will run from a problem or run run toward will always run either from or mm-hmm. towards something. And Jack is obsessed with fixing things. True. In all of his best episodes, he gets really angry when he's not fixing things.
0: <laughs> yeah, I tend to like Jack best when he is in his in his element. Um, mm-hmm. Like when he was trying to say Boone. Yeah. That was probably what I might, because I really go back and forth on Jack, especially in this episode and especially mm-hmm. later when he is talking to Anna Lucien. Yep. I just wanted to punch him in the teeth. I, I go back and forth where I'm like, yeah, I can understand why people like Jack and going, I Jack could disappear tomorrow and I would not miss him. <laughs> that's... It's, it, it's it's strange because, you know, the original oh. thesis of the show was Jack is not there and Saeed and mm-hmm. Kate are actually the leader.
4: Well,
1: th- th- I mean, that's just, but that's like just the pilot. Yeah, like that's just like, oh, what if Jack is Michael Keaton and we have yeah. him get eaten and then the show's about, like the Jack character would have been the pilot character in that version of the show. So there still would have been like, a guy yeah <laughs> but um
0: <laughs> a guy it's just been like no you're totally right yeah
1: but yeah that's my basic jack opinion is that he's the more i feel like all the characters get better if you let them be anti-heroes like if you let them be yes like kind of if you think of them as like cable drama heroes where like they're very problematic you know i mean not problematic in like the political way but problematic as humans like
0: yeah, they're flawed and they're complex and they're messy. Yeah, and
1: that's why and that's why on rewatch I appreciate Kate because I I yes like it's almost like each of her little each of her episodes is like a mini tragedy. Mm-hmm. This is like the story of how Kate almost had a life and then freaked out and ramped.
0: And the the sheer misunderstanding of how people interpreted Kate when the show first aired. She was is sort of. And she, people hated Kate.
1: They wanted her to be cool, like they wanted her to be Rosman Pike, cool girl, Mm -hmm. who was the cool action lead of uh, of the action adventure show. The you know precisely. They wanted her to be kind of what she became over the course of the pilot. Right, and And they wanted
0: her to stay that way. They did not want her to have dimension or be messy. mm -hmm. Unless she was just supposed to be the. The kick-ass girl and the romantic interest, and that was it.
1: And let's be let's be clear. I mean, the the, the problem with pointing out the problem of likability is that likability is likable. So it's yep. hard to knock it because I like Kate when she's likable. I like, fun- of course. I like funny Kate. I like, um, like snarky Kate. Like, like Kate and Sawyer. Like their relationship, whatever yes. it is, over the course of the show, is always fun to watch.
0: Yep. Yeah. it's 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 likable, it's watchable. You don't want to look away from it. And then when things get messy, you know, people start pointing fingers, and usually it's Kate's fault because Sawyer got away with a lot of stuff that maybe he shouldn't have in the viewers' eyes. But that's the thing that I always found fascinating about rewatching this show is how much internalized stuff falls away when you're watching Kate
1: but, again, about getting away with stuff, I mean, it's Redemption Island. Like, the whole... The island exactly. is about, like... Si- like, if you want to get religious for a second, it's these sinners are on this island. And, like, this episode is very much about... Like, season two, like, each of the characters in their pathology, they, like, have a moment where they start to maybe outgrow it. Like, I think that this mm-hmm. is a moment where Kate gets an opportunity to not run so much. Like, yeah, where... She confesses to Wayne Sawyer.
0: Wayne Sawyer. Wait, Wayne Sawyer? If, you, yes. if there
1: are any warrior shippers out there. Um, <laughs> or, or sane? Oh, I like that better.
0: <laughs> the warrior kind of sounds like Wario, and that's funny.
1: Yeah. yeah. The internet will be mad at us for not making it Waluigi, though. Yeah.
0: You're right. The internet you're right.
1: loves the Waluigi.
0: Yep, you're right. Do you want to talk about Kate? Like this during. Uh, oh yeah, cool. I think I think we'd be interested in that. Um, yeah, All yeah. Right. So we've so. got shirtless Jin coming out, iconic GIF, <laughs> and Sun and Hurley's like yep. nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Congratulations he to like, you both.
1: Someone on this island finally had sex.
0: Doesn't do it until Sun looks away. <laughs> she looks away, and he's like it's nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if there was someone to give him a thumbs up he would and also oh you know what just occurred to me i said it's just like it wasn't like hurley walking over and being like hey Jin, nice like way to go it was him being like here's a thumbs up something you can understand like here's a thing that that everybody gets and a way that i can communicate with you Look, bros nice. bros
1: like being excited for each other getting laid is the universal language. But
0: I must say, I complained <laughs> about Saeed and Shannon having sex on the beach, and I will complain about Sen and Jin having sex on the beach. That is gross. With the sand? Gross. Stop. No. <laughs> uh, Jungle is better than uh, mm-hmm. beach. Jungle Why do you is have to add beach? logic into it? Hats. Hats. True. Trump's Duh! All it.
1: Like Duh! By this point, oh yeah, hatch sex would probably... Well, yeah, well, I think that... I think the implication is this is like the. I, I remember whenever I binge the show, like I get the impression that this is like the, the next morning. I mean, they're burying Shannon that day, yeah. so this is it's it's been like twenty four hours. So I, I mean, one can reasonably surmise that Sun and Jen were just like, "Honey, you're back. Yeah. Gotta yeah. go." <laughs>
0: You're like see you guys um, later, bye.
1: Sock on the sock on the tent door. So uh,
0: Sun looks away and she sees Saeed <laughs> digging Shannon's grave. Like she's like, oh, I'm so happy to be back with my husband, the man who I love. Oh, there's Saeed yeah. digging a grave for his true love. Who? <sighs>
1: yeah, I have I have in Oops. my notes that it really like sets up the themes yeah. of the episode. Like it's gonna be about like like people people being people loving people and you know. People that they care about dying, which is going to be something that comes up a lot in, in uh, Kate's mom and mm-hmm. Wayne's story.
0: Um, so Jack is in the hatch helping Sawyer and Wayne. he's just like having a nice little chat with Sawyer. And I'm like, Jack, like you don't have to talk to him. And like, I know that it's like, you know, because the writers need to write things and Jack needs to say lines. But like realistically like he doesn't have to Mm. talk to sawyer he just talks to sawyer because like they're kind of buddies
1: oh yeah he's like jack's bedside manner is getting better and also
0: it's getting better and he also says like hey i'm sorry i know this is gonna hurt like they're just i just love them
1: yeah after their little i also like that it's
0: the one time sawyer can't argue with jack
1: (laughs) this is true um i do love i I love uh, jack and Sawyer bro moments like I'm gonna say, bro, like 800 times I in this podcast. That's so weird. It's not even <laughs> in my daily vocabulary. That's that's lost for you. Um, it uh, like they're co- this is their first real interaction since the raft, since that conversation yeah. in the woods yep. before the raft, which is like, if you want to create like a hierarchy of like great man on man bonding scenes. Oh my and god, lost.
0: that one is prop god tier. Oh, I would say that like. Jack and Sawyer like just Jack and Sawyer scenes are some of my favorite scenes in the Oh, series. absolutely. Yep.
1: Um like the go- like the glasses subplot is great. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, I love that subplot.
1: Like especially when he yeah, like especially the punchline to it where he's like text- testing him for gonorrhea for half the episode and then he just tells Kate yeah. he needs
0: glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So good, <laughs> that's when I love Jack the yeah. most. Is when Jack's a little bit looser, yeah. That's when Jack's like boy, being yes. petty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I love Jack when Jack's being petty, it's like,
1: yeah. When he's a petty, bitch. yeah. He's
0: a messy, who lives
1: for someone. Oh, do you <laughs> listen to Love It or Leave It?
0: I, um, I don't. I got that from Drag Race.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, no, oh, that's because Ira Madison the third brought it. No, no, someone, uh, no, so a guest on Love It or Leave It brought that title. that... On to the show, when they were talking about Mikey Michael Avenatti.
0: Ah, uh, oh, oh, yeah, but that describes him perfectly as well. When they were
1: trying to figure Ugh. out, like, if they liked Michael Avenatti or not, and they're like, I, they're like, I don't want him to run for president, but I like him, but he's a messy b- who lives for drama.
0: Okay, but T, he is literally Joanne the scammer. Oh, because that's where that came from originally. Originally was Joanne the scammer. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we have dovetailed far off lots. Listen, it's. It's a political day. Yeah. Yeah, it's we'll true. definitely talk about that when we get to Wayne, I think. Um, yeah, we're gonna get
1: to some gender politics. <laughs>
0: I'm ready. So Jack is like, Hey Sawyer, it's really cool that you like took it out with your bare hands. Like, I could never do that. Like he's like, Wow, you're like, you're so manly and tough. I'm out here being oh. like, look at the good ship joyer still yeah. sailing. <laughs> and um Sawyer is like mumbling that he loves Kate, which fun fact w- was ADR. So Josh literally had to go in and be like I love her. <laughs> I got news studio. for you.
1: A lot's ADR.
0: Yeah, oh, oh yeah. Fully, especially like with the waves and with like all the rain that happens totally.
1: Mm. But I think it's interesting, especially in later seasons Lost uses a lot of live sound.
0: Because yeah, like, yeah. there's
1: a lot of because there's a lot of like unusually raw audio on lost um like especially in the later seasons Mm -hmm. and i think that i think it's a performance thing like i think that they just like to get the actors because they're you like the emotions are so raw that and it just doesn't play play well with adr but that is a pretty funny adr like i
2: love
0: her yeah (laughs) i love her and jack seems kind of like disappointed and it's, like, because, weird... because Sawyer doesn't love Jack, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jack has a very weird day after that.
0: <laughs> Jack's like, wow, so many people love me but don't love me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we switch over to Kate picking some mangoes. And fun fact that I've kind of brought up before is that Evie does all her own stunts. She likes to climb trees. And oh, they,
1: they, that's why they put Kate in trees all the time. It's because
0: she likes doing it. Yeah. See, that's um, a true Alberta girl.
1: Yep. She is. <laughs>
0: I spent my childhood climbing trees, because what else is there to do in Alberta? Nothing. Nothing. So she gets down, and then she sees the horse, and she's like, whoa, that's Mm -hmm. crazy. That's not native to this ecosystem.
1: Is this the first time, besides the polar bears, that a mysterious animal has appeared?
0: I believe so, because everything else is just, like, boar and stuff, but, like, that's to be expected. Other than, like, the shark, but also, like, I don't- I think the shark- I mean, it was in the ocean, so-
1: no, wait, wait, hold on. Sawyer had the, the weird uh, guy I killed boar. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The weird guy I killed boar is my new favorite description of the yeah.
1: no, Sawyer. Yeah, Sawyer had revenge boar.
0: That, that good old Frank Duckett boar. Revenge boar! <laughs> okay. <laughs> revenge boar. I demand it only be called that from now on.
1: This is revenge boar and, and um, I don't know.
0: So And Wayne Sawyer.
1: And, uh, w- uh, warrior. Yes. It just sounds like I'm saying warrior now. Um, yeah. And then what do we call the horse? Is this like jailbreak hook? A horse jailbreak hook?
0: Jailbreak hook. Yeah. We'll just, we can just call it a horse hook.
1: Mm. It, is, it does okay. live on a mysterious island full of mm. angsty youths.
0: Yeah. <laughs> God, so, I love that movie. Rufia. Kate comes back. Rufi yo. Kate comes back into the hatch and she just thinks she's tired. She's like, oh, man, I'm, you know, that's what happens when you don't sleep, I guess. It's I'm weird. Weird sh- in the woods. A fun fact that Evie mentioned in the uh, commentary for this episode is she was just like, Josh was literally in bed, f- like asleep for 10 days. <laughs> he was asleep Best in bed for 10 days. And when he finally got to ever. leave the hatch, he was so happy.
1: Oh, yeah. Like shooting sh- like that is, I mean, you're. It's an eight-hour day, and Josh yeah. is in bed for every scene, and...
0: Sucks. See, whereas I'd be like, okay, sweet. Yeah. Are you telling me that I get to sleep at night, and then I get to go to work, and or also I get sleep? to keep sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> Dope.
1: Yeah, but um, to, to be... F- I mean, this is probably the one week that Josh Holloway didn't have to, like, work out for two hours a day, like, at the start true. of every shoot day. Like, mm, good point. Actively, like, buff male actors... Like, their their lifestyles are brutal during shooting season. Well, actually... Right. Oh,
0: I feel so bad for them. Oh, actually... Well, Especially kids on Riverdale. Oh, oh, my God. You should see them work out here. It's crazy. Oh, you've seen them? Well, I mean, it's really hard not to run into, like, actors downtown. Or, like, you're watching Instagram, and you're like, oh, okay, that's the gym down my street. And you've been there for three hours.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're watching Keja Kappa, like, uh, spend, like, eight, eight hours on the bench or something. <laughs>
0: Okay, listen, I do not go and seek that out, but if he's running along the seawall, it's not my fault if I can just see him. Mm, that's what they call it. That's why they call it. <laughs> but last time I was in Vancouver, we went to the grocery store and we were like, oh, hey, Louisa, who plays on in 100, what's up? And oh, she was nice. like, hi, I remember you. See you mm-hmm. next January. That was really cute I because her. I had actually never really run into anyone before that. And Robin was there a day. Oh. Yeah, it was like the first day I, I was there. Immediately, and I, That's because I was looking. No, also, fair. you were looking down at the, like, little screen thing, and I was- Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, Jack is saying that he's not sure if the drugs are working, but she should probably go to Shannon's service now. And she's like, you know what? You should be there. And I'm like, what makes Jack more important to Shannon than Kate?
1: Because Jack's the leader.
0: I guess. Jack's like, if they're theme. like, if Jack isn't here, like, side-eye, like, everyone's gonna be, like, upset now. I mean- No, it's 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 a show of, like- solidarity for the group like, d-
1: jack should be there for the funeral of one of the members of the plane like he i mean it just i, I mean sure it's maybe it's patriarchal or whatever but yeah. they've but the, the the group has agreed that jack is their leader so jack should say something at the funeral even if he just says a little thing
0: oh and he does too yeah even if he just says a little exactly. thing and then
1: tosses the mic to saeed who oh oh no oh no
0: <laughs> um it's symbolic. So, Jack's presence is symbolic, if anything.
1: Absolutely. Right. Um, and I oh, I have many Saeed thoughts for the spoiler section.
4: Oh, yes. Beautiful. God, mm-hmm. I love Saeed
0: thoughts. So, Jack says, Hey, Kate, like, remember the button? And I'm like, I just don't know when the flip happened. Like, maybe I missed it. Where Jack was like, button's stupid, I'll do it once, but I'm not gonna do it again. And now he's just like, remember the button?
1: Well, I think that that's... It's my best friend. It's one of those... I mean, he kind of... Caves to the button, like after the like once the button routine is established, Jack is team button because yeah. the group is pushing the button and he is on team button,
0: right? And he's like active, he's not actively being like, let's not push the button anymore, which causes Locke to be like, yeah, we can just you know, it's chill now. Yeah,
1: he's kind of he's he is um, he has accepted that the status quo involves pushing the button,
0: yeah, yeah. I just it is a little bit of a show failure that they had Jack go from no to okay. And not really, mm. you know, show us that at all. Well, it's, yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I have to rewatch season two. I, I, I mean, I, I bought that Jack was just like, whatever. But I, I I, buy it. Even if it could have been sold a little clearer in, at some point. Mm-hmm.
0: That's fair. So now we flip over to Anna Lucia, who's building like a tent or something. She's just like driving a stake into the ground. Oh, yeah. um, and Echo comes over and is just like, hey, just so you know, like, I'm going to go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess he's like... Not really asking permission, but just being like, hey, like, just so you know, like, please don't take it as betrayal that we're all going to go to the funeral. Like, we still love you, but we also don't want to be outcast from these people forever.
1: I also love that he, that, that line about, was like, I think most of the people know that it was an accident. Like, yeah, because I think the forgiveness feels on Lost are very powerful for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like that. I also like it when shows don't manufacture drama. Like even Saeed mm-hmm. grudgingly admits that it's an, that it was an accident.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, he, and he was there, so everyone's going to believe. It.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like Saeed, like they had their they had their outs in the previous episode, and then and then the conflict is now just internal for Ana Lucia
0: precisely Mm -hmm. which is not the show failing to show these things it's the show saying hey this is a human reaction given the circumstances that they're in
1: it is a show that always that never fails to be be smart it always plays to the top of your intelligence
0: and so anna's like you know what i don't think i'm gonna go and he's like hey that's fair you don't have to and so they're at the funeral and saeed is saying like oh we never would have met if and I get in like kind of trails off and I assume he's kind of talking about like if this tragedy didn't happen to us, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he's just trying to see like the yeah. bright side of things. Sure. Um, and that he loved her.
1: Oh. He loved her. Many thoughts. Many, many thoughts. good, good thoughts. Good pro Shannon. I love Shannon. Um, yes, many, many good. big thoughts on Saeed saying I loved her.
0: And another thing is that Libby and Bernard are also there. So I, that's l- good. I love that show of solidarity but, solidarity, but I also love that mo- this is the thing that I really love about Loss is that they let their men be really emotional about things Yeah. so oh, they yeah. let Saeed have this moment where he, he is very vulnerable and saying I loved her and it's okay mm-hmm. that all of you know that because you know you watch shows now and men are not allowed to be emotional if they are they're seen as weak but mm-hmm. what do yeah. you think of Saeed you just think of like this amazing badass dude who was mm-hmm. up a- hugely capable of you know bad things but also really good things
1: dovetailing oh sorry finish your thought
0: no go ahead go ahead
1: i was gonna say that dovetailing into what i said about everybody's pathology saeed's pathology is that you know he like throughout season one he's like he all of his stories and his you know reason for being on the plane involved nadia and involved this kind of search for the pe- search for the people he hurt and this idea of carrying this burden of I'm a bad person and I must be redeemed by my victims kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like it, with Shannon, that was his kind of moment of getting to put the burden down for a moment and be like, no, I'm a new person on this island and I love this person. I've, I am shaped by who I was in my past life, but I get to be better now. And yeah. I think that Said is about to go... On a journey that may send him back to the Burden a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's a, he had sort of a moment of atonement and then immediate sent him right back to the bottom of that pit. Exactly. Another thing is that Jin is also there. Like, he doesn't understand any of the speeches, but he's there because he's like, it's important for me to be there. Yeah. Um, I hi, I love Jin. Thanks. <laughs> um, do you guys want a fun fact? Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, there was this deleted scene. That's pretty cool. Um, It was going to include Claire and Libby, which would have totally passed the Bechdel test. So we'll have to talk about whether we have a Bechdel test pass or not this episode. But um, there was a deleted scene. Let me make sure I get it right. But I really wanted it to exist. Um, A deleted scene from this episode shows Libby first introducing herself to Claire. Libby compliments Aaron and then surprises Claire by informing her that she is wearing her shirt.
1: Oh, I think (laughs) I've seen that. Yeah.
0: Libby tells Claire that it looks good on her and that she should keep it. Huh. That's really sweet. Yeah. I wish that that was left in because that's delightful. It's, the it, bar for lost women is so low that they're like, hey, yeah, we're talking about a shirt that uh, passes the Bechdel test. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, God. It's funny. For a show that
1: does so many interesting, like, non-patriarchal things with its male characters, it, it still needs to let its women talk more.
0: Yeah. 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 Entire episodes could go by where the only woman who talks is Kate. Mm-hmm. Fully going back to the funeral, Claire is really sad, of course, because she's had conversations with Shannon and really lo- like uh, was friends with Shannon. Yeah. And so then they're gonna put the dirt in the hole. Jack does it. Locke does it. Son does it. And Claire does it, uh, as far as we see. Mm-hmm. Um, going back down into the hatch, Kate's gonna put on some Patsy Cline. Always. And she always puts on Patsy Klein. Kate's whole thing is Patsy Klein because Patsy Klein died in a plane crash.
1: Always Patsy Klein. They should always. write a show. Hmm.
0: Huh. No,
1: <laughs> I do like that it just becomes like a nice little thing, you know, that all every Kate episode, this is barely a spoiler, every Kate episode of the entire series involves at least one Patsy Klein needle drop.
0: I, I love that. I love that that's Kate's thematic thing because. You get that with a lot of other characters, but for Kate to have it be something that is so unspoken, you know, something that is entirely through music mm-hmm. is, it's really beautiful. She I just love loves that. Patsy Klein.
1: She does. <laughs> there's also, a, I think there's one episode where I remember when I was first watching it, where you don't see, it's like, it starts in a flashback and you don't see any characters faces, but Patsy Klein is on the radio and I know it's a Kate flashback.
0: Yeah. Oh, I wonder what episode that was. I think uh, it's I Do. Wait.
1: Yes, it's It's I Do.
0: Is it? Yeah, I think it is too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm pretty sure. Well done, nerds. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I didn't um, want to say anything beyond that because spoilers and also yeah. good spoilers <laughs> for nerds.
0: <laughs> Are we sure it's... Uh, no, no, no. There's a different cold open for I do. I don't think it's I do.
1: Is oh, so it the, sh- the one with the the with shower?
0: Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. And But I do um, opens in a hotel room
1: yes yes but that's that's but that i think patsy Klein is on the radio
0: oh yeah maybe but i'm because i knew let's see what other son kate there aren't any more kate episodes in season two i'm very interested in this i need to know now that's a shame
1: wait i do wasn't in season two no i
0: do it's in season wow. three okay. um yeah so i do is so it starts in a hotel room trying to find left be it might be left behind let me check how does it open please kate is stranded in iowa nope that's not it i think it's i do i don't think it is because they were
1: i don't want to do spoilers
0: (laughs) no flashback flashback kate walks into a hotel room like that's the beginning of i do it's not that one
1: yeah but you don't see her face for until nathan fillion makes out with her in the shower
0: no she opens the door when we see nathan fillion
1: But they never show her face, because she's wearing a wig, so you're not 100% sure Well, she's not wearing a
0: wig, she dyes her hair. Has this already happened? Oh. This might have already happened. No. I think that this happened in, um, in, uh, what's it? Born to Run. I'm pretty sure this happened already in Born to Run. A young blonde-haired woman pulls up at a motel. (laughs) Yep. Decline. Tabula Rasa, what Kate did, two for the road, left behind. Tow truck that picks up Kate. On the radio, so that might be left up, left behind. Mm. Whatever happened happened. Kate's car radio as she pulls up to Cassidy's house.
1: Oh, but by that point, it was really clear what, who, like yeah. by, by seasons four through six, like everything was just so clear. Like only the the season four premiere had an element of suspense of as to whose episode it was.
0: <gasps> Patsy Klein died on my birthday. Like not the year I was born, <gasps> but like still, it was my birthday. That's so March sad. Wow. nineteen sixty-three. Sorry, dude. Oh wow! Okay. She died the year my mom was born. Wow. Do you All believe right.
1: in reincarnation?
0: <laughs> Stop. The last thing my mom—I love my mom so much—but she is not physically inclined. <laughs> um. But are you? Nope. Oh, you play a thing. I played the clarinet in band. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that okay. counts. So anyway, Kate is sitting and chilling with Sawyer and she's saying that he would think it was really either funny or really annoying that she was like feeding him like a dumb baby. And she's like, "Listen, I saw a horse." So that's what happens when you don't sleep enough. So was this what Okay, what do you guys think the horse was? Was it another vision like Walt? What would you what what is it? This episode like with the horse is something that I kind of just disregard because I'm now because I'm always just like, I don't know. Because it never gets explained. I think. Yeah, exactly. So I'm
1: inclined to say Island Magic.
0: Yeah, like, are you saying like Burger King or just like Island Magic? I
1: don't think it's Burger King. I think it's um, (laughs) I think it's Revenge Boar um slash slash um other things that perhaps are not related to Burger King or Arby's.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) um, but I, I mean. There, there was at the, at the time of the airing, there were theories that it was that it was smoky. And uh, but it, the thing is that because you never see the horse again and she pets it and everything, it is completely plausible that it's just a horse on the island.
0: Yep. But it's just like an escaped animal.
1: It's an escaped Literally. animal that they yeah. that is but- not unprecedented on this show.
0: Like, maybe a certain balloon enthusiast was just like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we messed with someone by, like, sending a horse out?
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. But Which I would not put past him.
1: But I think it's meant to be the same horse. So, I, 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 I think I'm, so I'm thinking island magic is really the, really my, my best theory.
0: Because both on the island and off the island, you could think, oh, it's just a vision of Kate's. But on the island, Sawyer sees it. And off the island, the marshal sees it. So... Right
1: yeah yeah you know
0: so i just don't know i just don't know um yeah, but it, this horse is just like really obsessed with kate and it just really wanted to be with her yeah, yeah it's just like hey i went on i was on the plane as well Pull it, it was main. in the balloon the real balloon yeah. man was the horse oh my god yeah yeah i figured it out so sawyer is like whispering creepily and he like opens his eyes and grab her and he's like why did you kill me and sawyer is like kind of wane so I, we but we have what separate the theories hell? here. I, what is this? My theory, and also Brittany's, I think, is that this didn't really happen and Kate was imagining this. Hmm. But you disagree. I
1: am... Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, you disagree, go. Oh, I
1: disagree. I don't know. I yes. mean, I think it's plausible that it's more island magic because it's not the only time we see, like, things like this acting themselves out, like um i am ma- there i imagine that when you have conversations surrounding a certain hurley episode later in this season and you mm. will there will be a lot of conversation about this kind of thing
0: yep um yeah. but uh but that, that's the difference between a vision and like a dead person coming like possessing another person mm-hmm. i think because kate later says and you know i have more thoughts about that later when she says like I think of Sawyer kind of like you. And when I feel things for him, like it makes me sick because he reminds me of you. And so because she's been thinking this for such a long time, it makes me think that like, since she potentially was already also thinking about Wayne and Mm. Sawyer, that her mind, since she is sleep deprived, and even though the horse may not be a vision that maybe, you know, her mind might've fabricated this. And that's my theory.
1: I am. I think it's very, I think it's plausible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's plausible, but I'm also of the opinion that perhaps. I mean, obviously, like, this is in no way canon, but it kind of makes me wonder if certain people can manifest things on the island on their own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, like, an interesting sort of alternate theory that obviously doesn't play into canon, but could help explain the unexplained horse. You You mean mean just, like, regular people? Yeah, like, maybe Kate just kind of has this ability to manifest things.
1: Or maybe people who are perhaps um, up for Burger King employee of the month, we'll call it.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you better keep that.
0: And that, that, I mean, we can also call Revenge bore that. She has to. Oh, I will. Um, like, if you're a candidate it- for Burger King employee, employee of, the of the month. month yeah. <laughs> and then also, like, the actual employee of the month who has... Uh Burger King himself has put a hand on his shoulder mm. and said, "Way to go, employee of the month!
1: Uh, yes. Your eyeliner
0: looks great." Um, <laughs> oh man, it always did. But oh. like, that's even what we can call revenge bore. It's uh, <laughs> you no, know Sawyer could have manifested that himself.
1: It's current uh, Burger King manager.
0: <laughs> oh, he's yeah, the it, manager. Precisely. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, Sawyer potentially grabs. Kate's throat and Kate's like pass and she like runs out um <laughs> and Sawyer accidentally falls out of bed all by himself I guess mm. and and the so the album ends and that's when like Locke and Jack like book it in they're like oh my god what has happened and Locke like almost accidentally puts it in wrong and I'm like what would happen ah and Jack is just like where's Kate and they're like I don't know chaos mm-hmm. see I in my opinion I don't 100% know if any of this happened if any of that happened I- oh tell me more well, I mean, Ooh. no, of course, you know, the following events where we get our our POV shifts from sort of Kate's, I would say, almost unreliable narrative or narrative POV to uh, Jack and Locke is, I don't know if that ever happened with Sawyer. I think maybe Kate actually did fall asleep, and that was a dream that she had, right. and there's any way that this could have gone, but the funny way is that Sawyer fell out of bed himself because he's a human disaster. Yeah. And the other way is that maybe Kate attacked Sawyer in his sleep and he tried to defend himself. Yeah, Sawyer's so like, what the heck? But, I, I mean, we'll never know, yeah. right? And so, what, what's left on the clock? 23 seconds, of course. Um, uh, yeah. And then, you know, Jack has to help up Sawyer and he's like, look out, buddy, because of the good ship Joyer. Um, <laughs> and so, Charlie shows up because he needs to have, like, a certain amount of episodes this season, I guess. Um, so,
1: Dunn Monica needs his paycheck. Kate. Hey. You missed the funeral.
4: Yeah, uh, I was with Sawyer.
3: All right. A few of them came. The new people. Not her. The one who killed Shannon. That would have been a bit awkward. Seemed to have had a rough time of it. Looks like they went bloody loaded of the flies out there. You haven't listened to a word I've said.
4: Do you think there are horses here? What? I think I saw a horse in the jungle.
3: Seen polar bears. Seen monsters. Well, heard monsters, but horses? No.
0: They just randomly pick Charlie all the time. um, And he goes to talk to Kate and he's like, hey, like, I noticed you weren't at the service. Want to hear some gossip? All the tailies were at the service except for Annalucia, because that would have been awkward if she had shown up, right? And mm-hmm. Kate's like, "I can't gossip with you right now. I'm a crazy person."
1: Mm. Um, I'll go. Oh, wait, hold on. Did I- I-, I? I had something to say about. Um. Oh, the island. Kate said uh, whether the reality of that thing that that happened. I feel like at the end of the day, it was real to Kate.
0: Yeah, and right. I think that it yeah.
1: probably cl- most closely falls into the category of Locke's uh, Locke's peyote dream. Right. You know. Oh
0: my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. In at the beginning of season three. You know,
1: Teresa, the, where he Teresa falls up the stairs.
0: Oh, Teresa falls up the stairs. Teresa falls. Yeah, maybe. Okay.
1: Teresa falls down the stairs, uh-huh. which is just a, the weirdest part of Boone's backstory. Yep. Like, oh my God. Hey, remember Boone? Yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: I try not to.
1: Oh, but he's so pretty. And then he learned to act and he was a beloved character on the CW show.
0: He was. And I was very proud of him for that. But then he kind of tricked his wife into getting pregnant. So now I don't like him very much. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Did you not read about that? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you should go read about that. Yeah, we disapprove of Ian Summerhalder at the moment. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 Like, she wanted to get pregnant, but uh, he kind of decided the timing on that one oh, and um, no yeah are they are they still it's,
1: together or is yeah. that oh, a revelation yeah. oh I...
0: yeah he told it as like a funny anecdote oh. on a late night show and i'm like oh you oh you shouldn't tell people that and then
1: everybody was like oh your wife maybe may think that's cute but we don't yeah <laughs> yeah
0: the world think that's problematic so hmm
1: this is like don't... you know make keep that as a cute joke between you and the missus <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it's to keep that weird stuff to yourself. Thanks so much.
1: I mean, Mazel Tov to you for finding someone who who does think that's cute.
0: <laughs> Congrats! She could have dumped yeah. you immediately.
1: Right. Anyway, but yeah, I think that that falls into the that the locked peyote dream mm. category of like something that is that is ostensibly real to the character experiencing it, um, because the, the island does that. The island forces them people to grapple with their their baggage mm-hmm.
0: you're right and so yeah charlie's just talking about how it's like been rough out there for them and he- she's just like fully not listening to him and she's like have you seen a horse and he's like no i've seen polar bears and you know there are monsters out there but there aren't any horses and she's like oh mm-hmm. shoot i just want to like I really use a horse right now give a million props to evie for this episode because she does oh, unhinged so good. incredibly Yes, it's fantastic. She, she was talking about, or I was listening to the um, commentary and they were saying that like she would, during the um, Saeed scene, or it was potentially this scene, I think, where, where she was just kind of going a little too far and they were like, let's bring it back a little bit. And then it was perfect.
1: Mm. Yeah, I have it m- written down multiple times in my notes that, that it just like, just literally, ugh, Evangeline Lily is so good. She's terrific.
0: It's true. Like there's no one more deserving to be rising to stardom the way mm-hmm. that she has yep. than Evie.
1: Absolutely. She, I mean, she does raw nerve emotion incredibly well. That's how she got the part, by the way. I yep. think that she did the, she did like, I think they read her on the, uh, the, so my wound up scene. Yeah. And, the, and she was the only actress. Like she, they, they, she came in and they're like, she's like basically a raw newcomer mm-hmm. and you know, that she's got that raw nerve quality and they're just like, holy shit.
0: It's going to be that one. And good thing yeah, it was, because like, she, like, was think, is incredible. Mm-hmm. So Jack goes up to Charlie after all this garbage, and he's like, Hey, Charlie, once again, it's you for some reason. Um, have you seen Kate? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, she's being weird, but she's, like, heading back to the caves. And he's like, cool, thanks. And that's that full scene. There were a lot of really useful scenes in this episode. Yeah. So Kate is just, like, sitting on a log, and Jack walks up, and he's like, Dude, what the heck?
3: Kate, what the hell are you doing out here? What happened in the hatch, Kate? Why would you leave? I come back, I find Sawyer just lying on the ground. You just took off. Is he okay? Yes, Kate, he's fine.
4: I'm sorry. Are you?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I am not as perfect as you. I'm sorry that I'm not as good. And so, he's like, I found Sawyer on the floor. And she's like, oh my god, is he okay? And I'm like, you did this to him! <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> he's like, "He's like, yeah, he's just a mess. I mean, sometimes that just happens to him. But, um, like, what else is new? Nice? Yeah. And so, he's just it's- like, so why'd you do that? And she's like, oh my god, like, sorry I'm not as good or as perfect as you. And I'm like, honestly... I, I'm on both sides in this scene. Cause first of all, I'm just like, Jack, if she doesn't want to touch you, don't touch her. But I'm also just like, she's like, oh, I'm not as good. I'm not as perfect. And I'm like, okay, it's
1: projecting a little bit. He's
0: like, well, that's not relevant. That's not even what we were talking about. Um, I don't know how to react.
1: There's a little bit Wait, of well, projection. Where'd that come from? There's a little bit of projection happening in this <laughs> scene, perhaps.
0: Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. And she and like then... tries to walk away and he like grabs her and she's like, no. And I'm like, no, uh-huh. don't touch.
1: But then she kisses Jack.
0: The mixed is, signals in this scene are like so, and and you can see it on Jack's face when she's like walks away afterwards, and he's just like, "What?"
1: Well, I think it's he's so, like I need
0: help reacting to something. I
1: do. Okay, so first of all, is this the the kiss? Is this the first time they've kissed on the show?
0: I think it is. And uh, another thing that I really wanted to point out is that this music that Jaquino writes, and Jaquino is always right, is mm-hmm. not romantic at all.
1: Oh, no, it's not a romantic kiss at all. It's a weird kiss. And he scores it that way. Like, it's,
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: it's kind of ingenious that they play the first big kiss between, you know, ostensibly your two romantic leads yeah. um, as this kind of weird mixed signal moment that Jack mm-hmm. almost takes as a cue to back off.
0: Right. Yeah. After like, he's his- heard Sawyer say that he loves her, too.
1: Yeah. Sawyer, he has it rattling around his brain Sawyer loves Kate. And then Kate is in the woods with me and she's getting in a fight. She's projecting all this stuff on me and I love Kate, but I'm not going to, but I'm, I just want to kind of be there for her in my weirdly aggressive way. And then she kisses (laughs) me and like, and then he, he's just like taking that kiss in and he's like, this is weird. And he's like, and which dovetails into what I believe I'm a firm believer in shows kind of like figuring out plot lines on the fly. So yeah. I see him – so that by the end of the episode, he's hanging out and going back to the the uh, airport bar conversation with Ana Lucia. I'm like, right. oh, are they going to pick up that thread now? As an episodic watcher, I'm like, oh, is this the beginning of a Jack-Ana Lucia thing that they hinted right. at in last season's finale? True. Perhaps they're now finally picking that thread back up. I wonder.
0: And it's like – it makes you wonder if they decided they wanted to explore the Jack and Kate thing right now so that they could leave it, satisfy viewers for a second, and then go explore, you know, Jack and on Lucia or well, they, Sawyer and Kate. Like sort of giving yes. everyone a taste of the the combinations that could happen here. Yeah, they
1: were giving a springboard into like a little bit of Sawyer Kate chummy time.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. They were they were they were pleasing all the shippers.
1: This show does do Due diligence by shippers.
0: Yeah, it's it does. um So now we have the Kate and Saeed scene and she's like, hey, like, I'm sorry I missed the funeral. I was just with um, with Sawyer. And he's like, well, go back to Sawyer. <laughs> go hang out with Sawyer. And he has like these religious beads that he's placing on her uh, grave, which is nice. And she's like, do you believe in ghosts? And Saeed's like, well, I saw Walt. So mm. that was weird. It's been a hell of a week. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been a time. And so, you know, now this is kind of, like, validating for her, and she's just like, maybe I'm not so crazy after all.
1: It's a good, it's a good, it's good story dovetailing, because they were mm-hmm. able to let Saeed tell someone about that, and they were able to give Kate something to get a, like, a little bit of validation off of, but it's not the validation she's looking for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Jack is chopping some wood, a la As Sawyer, and Hurley walks up, and he says, <laughs> so great. Rose's husband is white! <laughs>
1: What the heck? I think it's a great... I, I love that line just because of how awkward it is. It's so awkward. And, yep. But it's such a... But it's so in character for her Totally. It's such a great... Like, so, uh... I don't know what to say to you. Uh, so Bernard's a white guy. Didn't see that one coming, He's huh? He's like,
0: hey, let me yes. think of a thing that I think is relatable. We're all thinking it, right? Eh? Uh?
1: <laughs> Yeah, it, it, no, it really is that, like, hey, we're all thinking it, right? And then, but J- Jack's like, uh, um, what can I do for you, man? Yeah, like, what do you so, want? <laughs> yeah.
0: He's like, wow, it can you a, believe was... it? A mixed race couple in 2005? Yeah, it's like the furthest thing from Jack's mind.
1: <laughs> it, it, um, it, it was a runner up for my line of the week, as a matter yeah. of fact. Because it's just, it, they they it's awkward, but they play it so well.
0: Yeah. yeah, I almost picked that as well, because I was like, this is so beautifully hurly." Yeah. That it's almost Sawyer.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautifully Hurley that it's almost Sawyer.
0: Like if, if if when you get down to the very like crux of it, Hurley and Sawyer aren't that different in terms of how they view the world. And like they will pick the most obvious thing about you to make a joke or a nickname about. Right.
1: It's it's bad, but I love it when Sawyer calls calls Jin Chewy.
0: Honestly, that's his mo thats his best and most accurate nickname. It's his I think best joke.
1: I it's so bad, but I love it so much.
0: <laughs> I have a soft spot for Jumbotron. Oh, me too. Um, just because it's it's so fantastically mean, but like at the same time, if someone called me Jumbotron, I would laugh my ass mm. off. The scene that that happens in is so incredible. Actually, that's in Tr- Trisha Tanaka is dead, so you'll be there for Jumbotron even.
1: Yes. Oh, that 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 episode is a that episode is a is a beast of one-liners.
0: It's incredible. Yep. Like, I how, we're gonna have like six runner-ups to our favorite line awards.
1: Oh, it, 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 Trisha Tanaka is dead. Might be the most outright funny episode mm-hmm. of Lost. Like it. Yeah, I mean it involves you know Sawyer playing with a skull yeah, for true. God's
0: sake. Um. I That's was somewhere. on IMDb today, and I was looking at some of the ratings for the episodes, and they're actually rated super, super high. I noticed that only two episodes in the entire series were under an eight. Oh, tell me they were Jack. Episodes. There was. Tell well, me they were jack
1: episodes. Well, I mean, I'm sure one of them was, uh, f-ing, um, the, the a Stranger in a Strange Land.
0: <laughs> a stranger in a Strange Land was the lowest at seven point three. Yes, well, and the other yeah. one was Fire okay, and Water. Crazy at 7.4
1: oh god fire and water is almost unwatchable i just i I mean i know that that that's that charlie storyline it it upsets
0: me so much i'm i'm always going to i'm so glad that i don't remember anything about fire and water (laughs) i can't wait to get there but i'm always going to defend the Um, flashbacks in fire and water i think they're fantastic
1: it's hard it's just hard to watch
0: but the island storyline is utter trash yeah I don't remember it. I'm like, I'm scared to watch it now. I'm excited for you to watch it. Also, Scott's coming on just to yell about it. So that's going to be fun.
1: Does does, he have many loud opinions about fire and water? Um,
0: Yes. Mm. So going back in, um, he's like, so like, why are you mad at Sawyer? He's like, I'm not mad at Sawyer. He's like, well, you're doing his job.
4: There's something you need, Charlie. No, just taking a walk. Thought I'd say hey.
3: Who's taking care of Sawyer? Son is.
4: So you're like mad at him?
3: (laughs) Why would I be mad at Sawyer? Maybe because he's the one who always comes down here and chops wood and now you are. It's like transference. Are you a shrink now? Well that's what they call in the mental hospital. I'm not mad at anyone.
0: He's like, why would I be mad at Sawyer? And I'm like, because he sucks and he's mean to you, mostly.
1: (laughs) And he loves your girlfriend.
0: Yeah. Also, Hurley is a very observant man. He's like, hey, that job normally belongs to a different handsome man. What's that about? Yeah. Usually when I come over here to spy on people, it's him.
1: The more overtly buff one.
0: Yeah. You're both handsome in different ways. (laughs) Let's discuss that.
1: Well, you see, Jack is handsome in a very kind of... uh, um, nick carter no i don't know i'm kidding oh my god um nick carter no you didn't no, no he's like no it, it, I, I, it's the wrong backstreet boy jack is handsome in a very kind of like It's the one with the mustache i don't but know kevin is it kevin
0: i don't know i wasn't old enough for backstreet boys e- yes
1: oh that now the age gap is showing
0: I didn't, like, I listened to them, but I, oh, you know, I was in the One Direction era.
1: See, Jack is sexy in a very Kevin Richardson kind is of that way, but Sawyer sort of is kind of the bad boy, and he's a little bit more like uh, there AJ.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, I was, I, I was, in, of course, in that era, and everyone was picking between, backs, back you, boys. you know, yeah, in sync and Backstreet Boys, and I was like, you know, my guess was like Spice mm. Girls. um you know. See,
1: Jack is a little bit more of a sporty Spice, and Sawyer is a little bit more of a baby Spice.
0: Scary Spice, <laughs> baby Spice. Okay, that is such relatable. No, not baby that's you, Spice. That's what he said.
1: Wait, yes, baby Spice. I just, just kidding. I, I don't know. <laughs> Charlie is baby Spice. Um, Saeed is is Scary Spice. Yes. Sawyer is um maybe no. Sawyer Scary is, Spice,
0: because Scary is, Spice is so sassy.
1: It's true. Sawyer is Scary Spice. Maybe Said is like Posh Spice.
0: Oh my um, god, totally. Who is
1: Ginger? Oh, Ginger
0: was all about girl power, so that's got to be Kate, right? There you
1: go. Kate is, is Ginger, and Jack yeah. is... Um, did I already say Jack was sporty? Yeah. yeah. I think that we've accounted for everybody. All right, Correct. go team.
0: Jack is absolutely sporty. I'm very happy with this. Thank you. And, um,
1: and uh, Locke is Alan Cummings' character from Spice World.
0: God... All of this is, like, too relatable, and it's, like, overwhelming. Hurley brings up transference, which is something that he learned when he was in the mental hospital. Transference is a theoretical phenomenon characterized by unconscious redirection of the feelings a person has about a second person to feelings the first person has about a third person. Except the third hey. person is wood, I guess.
1: Hey, that's the thing that happens with Kate and Sawyer in this episode.
0: Mm. Good job, Hurley. It usually concerns feelings from an important second-person relationship from childhood snaps, and it sometimes and it is sometimes considered inappropriate. Hey, that's hey, very similar. Is, there, to- there it is. <laughs> Gotta love Hurley. Incredible. They were like, "Hey, let's bring this up. Won't that be funny if anyone does any research?" But I also love like how normal Hurley can say these things. Be like, yeah, when I was in the mental hospital, I learned important psychological terms that helped me deal with my everyday life. And I'm like, yes.
1: Did them. Um, did they already have the wait? Did, what? 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 Did they already have the double take where someone was like, wait? Did you say you were in a
0: mental institution? Yeah. I would have. Sh- I think been- that was Charlie. No, it was right? Jack. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, Jack says it some other time.
0: In 201. 201. He says it in 201 where Hurley's just like, here's a giant story. And Jack doesn't take anything out of it except for that he was in a mental hospital. And it's like... <laughs> oh, right. And I got really yeah. mad. Um, wait, what? It,
1: what? it is a very random detail. It's like, wait, that's a whole part of your backstory I didn't know.
0: Yeah, but he also said that one that his chicken joint was hit by a meteor and he didn't care about that. Yeah. Or meteorites, like, sorry. Of all, the, of all the things in that, I would really be focusing on the exploding chicken yeah. joint, but Jack chose to go for mental institution. I don't oh, know. know. That's just me, though.
1: See? That's a, that's that's funny, because it's obsequious or something.
0: Yeah! yeah. So, <laughs> back in the hatch, um, Kate's coming down there, and Sun is crushing something up within spoons, and Jack mentioned, like, crushing up fruit before, but it, like, was, I don't know, I thought it was pills, maybe? I don't know.
1: She's this is probably some earth remedy, yeah, it doesn't matter, you know. That's usually what gets crushed up in bowls is um, some like plant thing, yeah.
0: And I mean, Sun does do the whole plant exactly. thing, so so she has a garden, yeah. Exactly. Kate is like, Hey, where's Jack? because I kind of have to explain to him what happened back there. And son's like, Oh, I don't know, like, I get, like he was supposed to come back, so I, I mean, I'm just waiting for him. And she's like, Oh, cool son's like do you, can you watch sawyer please like i have he was supposed to come back like an hour ago and i have things to do i like just made up with my husband so <laughs> can i go and kate's like uh, okay okay i love that you can sort of like infer like <laughs> sounds like hey like i have a really attractive dude to get back to like can i go you know, i'm a little bit busy i guess so like can i go <laughs> <laughs> Can you deal with your own dude? <sighs> yeah, I have a dude, and you have a dude. Like, can I just deal with my own dude right okay. now? It, I, yeah, it takes. I am a
1: fan of Sun. Anytime she just wants to get back to her own business. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Just like which is like always. I'm always being asked to do medicinal things. So can I go?
1: Like I lo- no, I seriously love the way that Yoonjin Kim plays like this kind that kind of like blunt. Like I'm gonna go now because <laughs> I don't. You don't need me here. Yeah. Like, because this is your job, and my husband's back.
0: This isn't even an episode about me. Can I go? Yeah. She's like, I'm going to go because I don't really want to be here. Bye.
1: Yoonjin Kim also doesn't even have a hint of a Korean accent in real life. Really? No, she and Daniel Day Kim both talk like Californians.
0: That's weird. I feel like I've seen... I did not know I feel like I've seen interviews with her.
1: Well, Daniel Day Kim is...
0: Well, I knew Daniel yeah. Day Kim.
1: Yeah, Daniel Day Kim basically here. sounds like a dude in the valley.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. But Yoon Jin is, like, from Korea, so that's why I, w- I didn't know about that.
1: Yeah, but she has, like, well, they uh, they originally read her for Kate. Yes. Like, so she's, like, has, like, a American accent. Like,
0: And then she, like, m- they were like, uh, let's make a character for her. Um, now she needs a husband. Uh, bring in that guy.
1: Bring in that guy from Angel that we all like.
0: So Kate is with Sawyer. And she's like, hey, Sawyer? And he doesn't do anything. Hey, Wayne? And then, you know, he's just a little bit restless. I mean, I just think like just because he like moved around a little bit doesn't mean he's Wayne, but okay.
1: Well she this is after the choking, right? Yes. Yeah. And after you killed me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm barely crazy. And
2: this
4: doesn't matter. Maybe you're in there somehow, and you asked me a question. You asked me why I why I did it. It wasn't because you drove my father away,
3: or the way you looked at me, or because you beat her.
4: It's because I hated that you were a part of me. That I would never be good. That I would never have anything good. And every time that I look at Sawyer, every time I feel something for him, I see you, Wayne.
3: And it makes me sick. That's about the sweetest thing I've ever heard.
0: Who the hell's Wayne? And every time she looks at Sawyer's and feels things for him, she sees Wayne in a... M- oh. It's kind of gross. Oh, no. And so... I mean, I don't want to say daddy issues, but... Fully. And... Oh, I,
1: that's what I have written here. Lost is about daddy yeah. issues, so do a daddy's a daddy issues alert every episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, crap! We should have yeah. that segment. Daddy issues, daddy issues.
1: You can make that a little pre-recorded bit that you just play <laughs> right before yeah. the thing.
0: And then we play, like, a little bit of Beyonce, because that's an iconic song, and then we're we're good to go. Nice. But rewatching this part was kind of, like, unsettling, just because, like, I know what happens with Kate and Sawyer. Um, and so you're like, if you think of him as your father, that's kind of weird. But another thing that I was sort of hoping slash thinking is that as soon as he, like, wakes up and he says, who's Wayne, is kind of, like, her dispelling all of that. and Now she can move forward. But that's my own head. Yeah.
1: Cannon. It is a well I agree with it very much like thematically it makes a lot of sense that this is the an episode where like she gets to really put down the like she gets to shed the baggage a little bit this is like she finally gets to kind of let go like it's like the entire episode is about letting go of what Kate did
0: right yeah
1: the mystery has been solved. We know that she's on the run, and many of her stories are going to be about her being on the run, and that's the context of her, but we're done with that mystery now, and Kate is also done with, she has stopped, she's going to stop running from this crime now.
0: And in many ways, running from like the complications in her relationships, because you could read that she and Jack scene as some kind of decision making that she then, of course, goes back on, but it does seem like she's trying to settle into something. She just doesn't know what she wants to settle into. Yeah.
1: It's like she's trying it out. She's like, yeah, maybe she's like, okay, I need to stop running. Maybe if I kiss Jack, it'll be like, no, it's still weird. Maybe if I.
0: <laughs> no, I still hate it.
1: Sawyer's unconscious and I need to go to him because he's in need. And like, I'm feeling these strong feelings about Sawyer. So I, again, good writing, good stakes. She has to push past the Wayne feelings, resolve yeah. them. And it opens the door for her to have some Sawyer time in the narrative as a means of her character progressing forward
0: and so like she literally i guess (laughs) confesses that she has has had feelings for sawyer to sawyer (laughs) thinking he's Mm. asleep and he like wakes up and he's like oh that's cute but also why are you talking to somebody that isn't me Mm. who Wayne? and he's like oh my god am i in a bunk bed and she's yeah. like,
1: "Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> why is that his first question?" Well, I mean, I mean, I he didn't it. know he was in a hatch.
1: It, I love, I, I do. That's that's one of the reasons I love Sawyer because he says it, and you're like, "Well, that's yeah, obviously that would be something very weird about being on the island." It's like, "Wait, am I in a yeah? Am I in a bunk bed?" <laughs>
0: it's an entirely fair question that I would never think to ask. Yeah. Um can I be skate trash for a real quick sec? Go. Yeah, you should do it. Please. Sorry. Um so swear goes, are we saved? And I just have this like moment burned into my brain because it's like if I think about what he's thinking about, he's just like, "Oh my god, like we're saved." And Kate is still like beside me. Oh. Oh, oh that's nice. Oh, no. You know, like we've gone Back again to the real world, and she has stuck with me.
2: Oh.
0: (sighs) That makes this moment a lot sadder. I know, I cry. And then she's just like, no. And he's like, oh. I'm gonna be real with you.
1: But then they, but then he sees the horse and they have a really nice validation moment.
0: It's true. And like the whole time, he's just like, after, like, going through the hatch and everything, before they even go out, he's just like, no, like, you're kidding me, like, you're just joking with me, like, we are saved, and, like, you're still here, and yay, and happy, and then he goes, ugh, and he comes out, and he's like, dang it.
1: <sighs> well, actually, more precisely, he says, and I don't know if you guys are keeping count of Sawyer, son of a bitch. <laughs> we
0: should, we should be.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, he drops another notable Sawyer son of
0: Iconic. a bitch. Iconic. Which is God, he's valid. Which is
1: practically his catchphrase at this point.
0: And so they're going to go outside for a quick walk. Fun fact, Josh mm-hmm. did a photo shoot that they had to cut his hair for. And so the hair that he has right now, obviously, is like supposed to be greasy and terrible. And it totally passes as greasy and terrible. But that's because it's fully just garbage extensions.
1: Yeah, that's where that's why, spoiler alert, they're, they open the next episode giving him a haircut.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense.
1: Anytime I see a character giving another character a haircut on a TV show, I know that they're covering for some real life thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they just like there's this cute smiley moment, and he's like, what? And she's like, you need a haircut. And he's like, I don't care. I'm dying right now.
2: Hmm. I'm sweet.
3: Yeah. I really thought you were yanking my chain. And you keep smiling You need a haircut. <laughs> oh, really?
0: I don't care, but also I love you a little bit.
3: Ah!
0: Um. And so Sawyer does the thing where he like looks off into the distance, and Kate's like, "What?" and like looks around, which is literally exactly what Kate did to Jack last episode when they saw Echo. So I think Ooh. that's funny. Oh yeah. Look at um, that. But Sawyer, like, fully thinks he's crazy as well. He's like, maybe I should go back inside, because what the heck? Um, Is anyone else seeing that giant horse, or am I really high? So they both see the horse, and it's, like, just like the fact that Shannon and Saeed both saw Walt. Um, Mm -hmm. So what are the implications there? But Kate starts walking over to the horse, and it's very clear to me, because I'm looking for it, that she has a horse treat in her hand. <laughs> oh <laughs> i never would have looked for that
1: <gasps> that is such a horsey like a horse person thing not not i mean a person who's familiar with horses, not a person who's part horse um <laughs> fully a centaur thing Centaur,
0: that, just centaur things hmm. relatable <laughs> she has a horse treat that's fun um that's nice. and <laughs> sawyer says do you know that horse? That's my favorite goes, line. And Kate goes, <laughs> yeah, we went to high school together.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is my favorite line. Freckles, do you know that horse? And I'm like, yeah, no, she knows the horse. But she does. Shit.
1: Yeah, I, I actually have that line written down, too. It's a another runner-up for favorite. I still think that lo- I, I, I'm going to stay firm in my lock choice.
0: So now we're going to complain about Jack a little bit here. Um, oh. We're going to this Ana Lucia and Jack thing and he brings her like tequila and tonic because he like cutesy remembers what her drink order is and this is actually my honorable mention in which she's like where's the tonic and he's like we're running low on mixers can you believe it (laughs) hey (laughs) oh that was cute
1: (laughs) these are the jokes
0: um and she's like are you gonna try and convince me that everyone not everybody hates me and he's like only if you're gonna try and convince me that not every woman is crazy women
1: am I right
0: (laughs) what (laughs) what Those dang women. Oh, what? It's just What? Such... I don't even understand. Why would you write this? It's... What is this garbage? Uh,
1: it's just, what it's a very- What
0: happened?
1: I do think it's interesting that this episode is written, like, this is an important episode, and it's written by a pair of writers that I don't recall seeing their names on any other episodes.
0: They definitely have done.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, because they're um... not, like, because they're not, like, Kitsis and Hurwitz or anything, or, like, or even- Right, um... yeah.
0: Or- Carlton and Damon, or
1: da- yeah, Damon and Carlton, and like Darlton. and then there's a there's like a female writing team that does a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, what a hell of a line yeah. to give to your hero. Well, he you he's
1: it's he's trying to have one of those like women, am I right? Kind of moments and. They're trying, I guess, I don't know, like, maybe it's a moment where they're trying to make Ana Lucia like a, like a little bro herself by going, like...
0: Yeah, she's not like other girls. I bet, like, Aunt Michelle Rodriguez was like, why do I have to laugh at this? Ha ha ha. It's like, it's
1: like oh, it's funny, because I, too, am a little crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also, I have also committed murder.
1: It's 20, it was 24, it was two, 2004. It was 2004, <laughs> you know, we we were, we were 15 years less woke.
0: It's true, though. I think that it is absolutely a product of the time, because I remember 2004 being like, you know, very much for women is you want to prove that you are not like other women. Like, you have to be this special snowflake that can hang out with guys and denounce female stuff. So the line, of course, to them would read as, oh, this is really funny. Like, this is a funny thing. Women are not... Women are crazy, am I right? And it would be a very normal line.
1: Because I will... You know, I'm I'm my my role on so many things is, is playing the apologist because I, I just like to take what the value that is offered me in text as written. Mm-hmm. Like I do still think that in twenty eighteen it is it's it's a I still think that dialogue wise it's a good jack line because it is showing him as kind of having this weird, like archaic thing. Like I don't think we're supposed to like Jack for thinking that or saying that. Because he's, he's being, because Jack's about to get weird. Like, Jack's being weird about Kate.
0: Jack's about to get weird.
1: (laughs) Watch out, everybody. Jack's about to get weird. (laughs) Um, No, but I think that he's, he's coming off of the interaction with Kate. He's coming off of the thing with Sawyer. And Jack is being kind of weird and defensive. And, like, I think Matthew Fox is kind of good at playing that. like
0: (laughs) For a good reason.
1: He actually gives that line. He gives that line like a really good lack of charm.
0: That's you know what true. I mean?
1: Like I feel like you could give that line to, Jack, to Josh Holloway and he would he would make you guys laugh at it.
0: Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah, he
1: like Josh Holloway would say that line and we'd all be like
0: <laughs> oh. fully, absolutely. Yeah,
1: but Jack is good at like saying the line like a guy who's like, "What are you talking about? You're not that guy."
0: Yep. All right, okay. I can I like that perspective. I don't I think it gives the writers more credit, but I can see where you're coming from.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could make you could justify it dramaturgically. It's kind of a weird line.
0: Yeah. Any more island thoughts?
1: I have a lot of spoiler island thoughts. We'll get to them.
0: Okay, beautiful. Yeah.
1: Like, I actually do think that Matt, Matt Matthew Fox doesn't get enough credit for playing charmless moments. Like, right. cuz I think that it's usually intentional. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: He does he does play Jack wonderfully humorously
1: yeah and he plays him yeah like and he plays him very intentionally yeah throughout the whole show um i mean we all like i don't know if any of you guys were party of five fans before loss
0: i've seen one season of party of five
1: like we all know that that matthew fox can be charming
0: yes yes we do mm-hmm. i uh, watched one season of party of five because Paige shirko was in that season of party of five
1: no kidding Because she must have been really young.
0: Really young. First of all, fun fact, I was uh, listening to the commentary. And when the director of this episode, first of all, he was a director of photography for quite a while. And then they were like, hey, do you want to direct? And he was like, yes, please. Um, Nice. And so when he figured out that this was the episode that he was going to direct, he was just like, okay, Evie, you have to learn how to open a zippo lighter with one hand. That's one of the things you have to learn. And she was like, "Okay." So she learned how to open the lighter with one hand, which does look pretty cool. It is cool. It
1: is a cool shot. I guess it's just
0: something that like he did when he was younger. So he was just like, "Yeah, that's gonna be part of it." Woo! That's really sweet. It's like, and yeah, yeah. Kate is wearing a Janis Joplin shirt. There you go. Of course. (sniffs)
1: Nice.
0: One thing that I noticed uh, in my latest rewatch this morning was that in the bus station, she is. Still wearing the Janis Joplin shirt. So that leads me to believe that it's like literally the same day or within the first couple days that her mom literally was like, Yeah, just take her, I guess. I oh, for sure.
1: I mean, I picture this action being almost continuous. Yeah. Like yeah. that that the that the uh the I can't remember the cop his I call I just call him Frederick Lane. Yeah. Because it's
0: <laughs> Edward Mars. Um,
1: I yeah, that Detective Mars just gets her the next morning because yeah. her mom yeah. calls it in and there's probably a manhunt. Also, oh god, we'll get to it. Yeah. That's heartbreaking, but we'll get to it.
0: How could you, Zelda? So, Wayne, first of all, was drunk driving, and second of all, was, like, super drunk. So it wasn't just drunk driving, like, a little intoxicated. It was like, you should not be on the road, sir.
1: Oh, yeah, Yeah. he's, like, he's doing that full-blown, abusive redneck character drunk thing. It's like, look, he's bad. He almost drove into a tree. He starts trying to feel up Kate, you know. Even though we'll, we'll get she to insists
0: that. that he didn't. She,
1: yeah. I, I wrote that down. Like she vehemently insists. Like it's almost like she wants it to be very clear why why she did and didn't kill him.
0: Well, yeah. But, well, I mean, obviously we'll get there, but I think that the reason why she's just like he never touched me is because Fred er, Frederick Lane Edward Mars thinks that like st- like uses father and stepfather calls wayne her stepfather she's really the mm-hmm. oh, one of the only people who knows that he's her actual father so when he says right. oh did she did he come knocking on your door she's just like no he never touched me because she knows he's his he's her actual father yeah and i think in no way does she want to be seen as a victim
1: true right. there's something about the way that you know are you guys familiar with Rashomon?
0: i'm not yes. personally
1: all right so for for the for the for the, for the and now pretentious film corner presents John explaining Rashomon um it's a it's a kurosawa film about um about I I've never actually seen it John pretentiously explains a movie that he's never seen um the gimmick of the movie is that it's told from multiple points of view. The gimmick, the innovation of the movie is it's told from multiple points of view and each point of view looks, it, it, is a, it, the story is markedly different. Characters behave differently. Like it's very much about perspective. Um, there's something about the way that like Kate insists that he never touched her. You know, I mean, he, he gets in his, you know, bits of, you know, weird of like redneck sexual harassment in there but i kind of believe kate weirdly
0: yeah yeah it's almost
1: like the reason like i'm start i want to believe that you know like they they give you a lot of things that are awful about wayne like there's the drunken stuff there's the sexual harassment there's the fact that that uh, what's her mother's name diane
0: diane yep
1: that Diane clearly has the, the wrist brace, and she clearly does the I fell down some stairs thing.
0: Oh, right. Brace like my heart.
1: Yeah, like, they give you a long... Pulls a
0: real Teresa, am I right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh.
0: <sighs> I really thought that joke was funny. I wish you guys appreciated me more.
1: It just took me a second to get there. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, right, we referenced that earlier. <laughs> but, um they give you a lot to hate about Wayne and then, but it's weird because the through line of the episode is Wayne reminds, is Sawyer. Wayne reminds me of you. I killed Wayne because I, I needed to, I wanted to kill that part of myself. I hated what a bad dude he was. And the, but the thing that keeps coming up that is said by multiple characters is how much Diane loves Wayne.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: That it's, 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 but it's harped on a little bit more than, you know, your typical, like, oh, this is an abusive relationship. And it's very hard to leave abusive relationships because they're complicated and toxic and there's a power dynamic. They're, exactly. they're always like, no, she loves Wayne. Yeah.
0: And yeah. There's, there's, there's the apologism, which she classically does, but they do weirdly, you're right, emphasize like it's a relationship that she isn't. ...views herself being trapped in, but genuinely loves him in. Yeah, like... Which is puzzling. And I assume and that's also part of the reason why she really um, gave Kate up... ...is because she really did love Wayne, and now she's in grieving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that she was just... I mean, we've already seen the the the, the, the episode where Kate gets her little friend killed. Yes. Um, yeah. So we've already seen how angry Diane is at Kate. Yes. Like, when she visits her in the hospital... And she's like, yeah, murderer. And you're like, oh, no.
0: This is not a healthy relationship <laughs> right here.
1: Mommy issues a rare, a rare breed for the Lost Phantom. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: actually, this show with its exclusive daddy issues did make sure to have a little bit of mommy issues here. Anna Lucia. Yeah. Hurley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now Cheers.
1: I just want to be like Lindsay Ellis and go, daddy. <laughs>
0: Thank you for doing that. I want that soundbite to, like, start every podcast now.
1: <laughs> you can use that as the intro to your uh, your Daddy Issues segment of every episode from now on. Perfect.
0: Fantastic. Daddy. Thank you. Brittany, something we forgot to do was talk about our Patreon and our survey. Uh, but I don't want to do that right Damn. now. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Okay, so there's this thing called Patreon, and it's a service in which you can donate monthly to some of your favorite creators, and we put all of the money that we get from Patreon back into the podcast, and it means a lot to us uh, that people would help us out, and this episode goes up right before our two-year anniversary, actually, so if you're listening to this, like, pretty close before November 16th, if you become a patron at patreon.com slash theaficionados before November 16th. We're going to send you a postcard Woo. That, that I am working on designing right now. She actually. designs them and it's really cool. We also have a survey and it's just perpetually open and it's kind of just like, what could we work on? What do you like about the podcast? We just want to know. Thanks. It's in the description. What do you not like? Yeah. But like, be nice about yeah. it. Okay. Because we're sensitive. Going back into flashbacks, um, she has to help him into bed. And something that I noticed uh, this time around is that he goes, what's that smell? And I'm like, well, Wayne. That is gasoline.
1: Oh, yeah, no, yeah. shit! <laughs> Good catch. I, did, I, I didn't think about, about that.
0: that. But he, like, starts hitting on her. Do you guys think that Wayne knows that he's Kate's dad? No, I no. do not. I do not. Because Kate says that the reason why she knows that Sam isn't her dad is because he was gone up to four months from when she was born. So my understanding of... Sam and Diane's relationship is that they were... Oh! What? what? <gasps> Wait! Whoa! No.
1: I didn't no. catch that.
0: I'm confused. That's so cute. Say the
1: names again. Say them again.
0: Why? Sam and Diane! Say them again. Why?
1: Just say the names. I
0: don't get it! <laughs> just she humor us! She's too, Robin, you're too damn young to get Aww.
1: it! Robin, just say the names again.
0: Why? Now I feel stupid.
1: No, no, <laughs> it's not it's stupid. It's just the 80s. It's Sam and Diane. Iconic couple from Cheers.
0: Like, like one of, like, the first, like, big, like, global obsessions with the relationship was Sam and Diane. Sam and
1: Diane is, like, one of the, like, original ships.
0: Yeah. It's, like, it, Sam and Diane, Mulder and Scully, and, um. Oh, Sam and I Diane guess,
1: predated Mulder yeah. and Scully by, like, a decade. It was Sam and oh, Diane sure. and, like, Moonlighting. Like oh, the- I
0: was just gonna say, moonlighting is like that's the start of shipper culture.
1: Well, yeah, well, yeah, moonlighting
0: is wh- in in the in the modern society.
1: Moonlighting is the show that that everybody uses as an excuse for not getting characters together, and Sam and Diane are a weird, kind of parallel example of a couple getting together and breaking up a lot, and it working really well because the character they're both nuts. Yep. Like, that both characters are so flawed in such beautiful ways that, like, it's just fun to watch them fight.
0: Okay, so they did that purposefully then, right? What, Probably. Them,
1: get, them getting together and breaking up a lot?
0: No, the the naming.
1: You can't have a pair of romantic... Couple, you can't have a romantic couple named yeah. Sam and Diane where it wasn't at least partially an homage.
0: Okay, precisely. So the way that I understand their relationship, and I might be wrong because I haven't looked it up, but the way I understand it is that they were married he went to war in korea and then she was getting with wayne while he was in korea and then when he came back they eventually got divorced and she married wayne that's the way i understand it that sounds
1: okay. that sounds reasonable and be- because again she fell in love with wayne
0: right and so she's like you know wayne is dumb and also drunk all the time so i guess he's never done the math that's it's what he deserves
1: so i'm just gonna put this out there and i'm sure you guys observe the same thing but speaking of lost and daddy issues i mean anybody else get the whole kate is choosing between her two daddies in her romantic partners oh my god yep.
0: <laughs> it's very uncomfortable wow that's very true actually <laughs> It makes me cringe and feel very uncomfortable inside.
1: See, the daddy she thought she had was the straightforward professional one, the Jack, if you will, and the daddy that she really that she really has. (laughs) See, she thought that she she thought that she was a Sam shipper, but she's really just Wayne trash.
0: (laughs) No, but in the end, the Wayne trash gets with the Angel are we, from season three. Thank are we
1: spoil? So oh, yeah, we'll 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 get there in spoilers.
0: Yeah, me use any excuse to talk about Juliet must be a day ending. <laughs> and why?
1: <laughs> um, oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna have some talking.
0: Yeah. Um. So he grabs her arm, and in the commentary, the director was like very clear that he specifically had Kate being grabbed and then pulling away three different times in the episode. This time, mm. Sawyer. Slash Wayne with her throat, and as well as like Jack trying to like weirdly hug her. There's like specific, there are three specific times in which she pulls away from people trying to grab her. Mm -hmm. Then she leaves and she learned how to ride a motorcycle just for this. So, fun fact. And she was just like, really? Hope I don't look like an amateur, lol. And then she like becomes the wasp and um, turns out she can do anything. Oh my god, I totally forgot to say a fun fact at the funeral. In the commentary, it was... That's not the place for a fun fact. Are
1: you ready to put the fun in funeral?
0: (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) But, dude, this is literally the best, though, because Naveen, like, is like, hey, here's my speech about Shannon, and then he walks away, right? And then they continue the funeral without him. And Evie, (laughs) in the commentary, is just like, who's walking away? How rude. She was like, who's that? (laughs) She's so cute. What, some extra just, like, was tired of our funeral or something? And the guy goes, no, that's Naveen. And she was like, oh... Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's funny. Oh, no,
0: that's yeah. No, that's Naveen. No, that's Naveen. Friend. Oh. <laughs> um, but anyway, Kate has this moment where she just kind of like has some regret? Question mark. And then she drives away. Oh.
1: It's a. Mo- it's that moment of like. I mean, it's her first kill.
0: Yeah. Yep. And then. And then I have another that? fun fact about the explosion. So what they did was a lot of the. Okay. So they had this like fake house. Like it didn't blow up an actual house obviously. They had like this fake house that they did like an actual explosion off of and then they also shot the real house with um like the lights flickering on and off. Oh, nice. And then they like put that together to make it look like an actual explosion and it was dope.
1: Oh. It's, it was good effects, yeah. I know it's hard Especially to,
0: when you consider that they're doing this in Hawaii.
1: Yeah, and on a TV budget. You know, it's hard to blow shit up on TV.
0: Mm hmm. Um, so she goes to the coffee shop slash little diner that Diane works at. And she says that she is 24 years old, ma. And guess who's going to be 24 years old in March? Shut up, Robin. Me! Oh. Yay! That's crazy! Up, Robin. Yeah, like, Robin! Thanks. <laughs> I'm like almost. The same age as Kate when she killed somebody.
1: Yay. Man. Oh wow. I can't what? imagine
0: killing somebody personally, the, but whatever. The clock
1: the clock is on. You gotta get your first kill in sometime I know, right? next year. It's
0: gonna be crazy. <laughs>
1: um I do think that they did really good work aging her down in the flashbacks. Mm. Like they I think it, it's the Joplin shirt and kinda like they put her in they put her in like a leather jacket that feels a little big on her, like her. Yep her style in later episode her her on the run style is a little more fitted like and like they they do a good job of like making evangeline lily really seem like pre like ninja dodge the cops warrior kate
0: right and uh this flashback happened in 2001 so that means she's around 27 now um, uh, okay. in the like timeline. she's 27 and caught in this complicated love triangle, hmm. right? That was not my experience at being 27. Well,
1: TV characters are always in their late 20s or early 30s.
0: That's why I only like them when they're over 40. Oh lord. <laughs> they're more interesting.
1: <laughs> this reminds me of a of a of a Claire tweet that's just like, "Bangs table more milfs."
0: Yeah, that's Claire and I's like the basis of our friendship is literally that. And now it's been something like four beautiful years. But yeah, that's about that's our brand
1: this, this milfs
0: So she's Milks, like hey yes. Kate what do you want And she's like oh I'll have beer And she's just like no first of all you drive Without a helmet on your motorcycle So I'm not gonna let you drive drunk And I'm like cool but it's fine when your husband does it I guess Whatever Oh mm. tea
1: That is um, actually good catch text wise That's Thank you. good writing
0: Thank you. So then she's like oh hey what's wrong with your wrist And she's like oh I'm just really clumsy ha ha And she's like yeah whatever Why are you lying sure, to me did. I know things yeah. Sure, Jan. <laughs> and she says that she made her bed and now, like, she made her bed. And now she. So she's just like, yeah, well, I married an abuser. That's my life now. I'm like, no! Thanks, I guess.
1: But let's take a moment to appreciate the actual line because that's a good retort to that. Totally. So it's like, yeah. I made my bed. It's like, well, your bed's gone.
0: I fully like, blew it up.
1: I, like, I blew up your house. There's a
0: dead man in your bed.
1: There's, well, there's. Pieces of a dead man and pieces of bed in roughly the same area.
0: Yeah. Ew. <laughs> you got a little Wayne on ya. Oh, uh, rip
1: art. Oh my god, I just that I just watched the Good Place episode, the trolley problem. Oh last my god, night. yeah. <laughs> I watched it it's two nights like, ago. It just it's like maybe because I got a little bit of him in my mouth. <laughs>
0: And so she's like, yeah, your bed is gone. And she's like, also, here's some insurance. She's like, oh, I didn't take out insurance. She's like, yes, I did. And the insurance company will totally be fine with this and not see through it at all. Yeah, right? A gas leak. No way. And so she's Mm -hmm. like, Catherine, what did you do? And I think I know the answer, but, like, why do you guys think that the writers chose to use Catherine rather than Kate?
1: patronizing like statusy like or, or shift in the relationship like very like formal like oh sh- it's getting a little real in this moment yeah it is my guess yeah. like especially if he she normally says katie
0: yeah i think it's also symbolic of us being very far removed from who kate used to be mm-hmm. mm. it's like is, yeah this is you, the old kate or whatever yeah. yeah yeah you further other her by using a name that you've never heard anyone call her before
1: yeah, it's it's what I, I think it's the same thing with her dad calling her Katie. Like, yep. Who and I guess he's the only one who gets to call her Katie, kinda.
0: Yeah. Um, I think Tom Tom Kate. calls her Katie. Um oh. But.
1: Oh. That's right. That's right. Um, oh
0: Tom. Oh Tom. <laughs> um, oh Tom. We Thomas. But that's the thing is, it's just like using Kate. Like usually it is Catherine, but honestly, like it could be anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is our first time when it's like it's Catherine and we know because it's Nate. literally her mom.
1: Nay, no, they call me Catherine, those that talk of me No, in faith you are plain Kate Or Bonnie Kate, or sometimes Kate the Cursed But Kate, the prettiest Kate in Christendom Kate of Kate Hall My super dainty Kate For dainties are all Kates And therefore Kate, myself am moved to woo thee for my wife
0: That was incredible Must be fun to remember Shakespeare monologues I only remember, like, the first lines of the ones that I've done <laughs> yeah she's jealous of your memory is what she's saying i am i have a good memory get off my ass i
1: have the memory of a goldfish usually
0: me too Mm -hmm. i mean i have the memory of a goldfish but if you show me any still from the x-files i can tell you what season it's from based off of scully's bob so you know
1: i love you
0: (laughs) 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 i'm having a good time i love you too (laughs) oh
1: gosh oh thanks which one am i talking to yeah i was
0: gonna be like he fully has no idea i'm britney right now
1: uh no i i like oh no i love both of you i i love you for the things you say not the preconceived notions i have in my head it's like cyrano de bergerac i'm falling in love with the words
0: oh my gosh there's a lot going on right now
1: it's like cyr or cyrano de bergerac or sierra burgess
0: oh my god oh god we shall not speak the name Sierra Burgess in this house.
1: Oh, uh, do you have opinions? I have
0: opinions, too! Oh, did you watch it? Me? No. I did. Are you talking to me? Oh. I just
1: knew it was a remake of Cyrano de Bergerac.
0: Oh, it's garbage! Oh, no. It's so true. I'm so mad, because, yeah. like, Brittany hasn't seen To All the Boys i love before yet, and I'm upset that she watched, like, the wrong Noah Centineo movie first. Like, you deserve better, I'm and so I'm going to give you Peter Kavitsky. Is he
1: in both of them? Yeah. yeah. Is he in both both uh, Netflix rom-coms? Yes. <laughs> yes, he
0: is. I don't know That's how funny. that happened. And they came out, like, immediately, and to all the boys of Love before, came out before Sierra Burgess, and she watched Sierra Burgess first, and you know what? He can do so much better, and he will, and I'll show you, okay? It,
1: is he the straight-to-streaming version of Timothy Chalamet?
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yes, and I'm only going to be thinking about that now. Oh.
1: Because remember, Timothy Chalamet was in two iconic movies at the same time, too.
0: Right. <laughs> so Kate got a bu- bus ticket? <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. So Kate tries to get a bus ticket. It's tw- um, oh, there's actually a fun fact about the $20 bill that she uses. The currency used Ooh. in the ticket transaction includes the colorful U.S. $20 bill. Colorful, as if. Introduced October 9, no, there- 2003. <laughs> While she was captured in 2004... When she was captured in 2004, the marshal had been chasing her for three years since 2001. This incident was the first time they had met. Um, so the $20 bill that she uses was not actually in circulation for another two years. Mm. Oopsie daisy. But she's trying also, to go to Tallahassee. And I think that later yes. there will be a man from there. I had, Yeah, I
1: had a spoiler note about Tallahassee. Yeah.
0: So now we meet Edward Mars for... The first time, sort of. And uh, Edward Mars is a great name. I know, right? Yeah.
1: The show is good at naming characters.
0: Um, And he's like, why are you going to Tallahassee? Tallahassee sucks. Tallahassee, one way, please.
3: Tallahassee? I spent a week in Tallahassee one night. It's all strip malls and waffle houses. What's a pretty girl like you going to do down in Tallahassee? I'm
4: sure I'll find something.
3: Bet you got family down there. Actually, I'm just
0: visiting. It's like, wow, someone has some strong feelings on Tallahassee. And she's like, I'll find something Why to do, wanna... do. And he'll be like, oh, like, do you have family there? And she's like, no. Like, she's literally like, okay, like, I'm used to this. Like, some jackass just, like, trying to talk to me. And I'm like, actually, goodbye. Mm. I mean, like, big mood. It's relatable. Though. Whenever whenever you are a woman alone in public, it is usually invitation for a random man to question your yeah. motives. And so she's mm. like, well, I'm just trying to visit.
1: I did appreciate Orlando. that Kate's, like, Kate's, um... Situational awareness is already pretty good, though. Yeah, like, I love like, that she yep. immediately susses out that there are other agents in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that.
0: I am so interested in those two other undercover agents. I want to know more about them. <laughs> I don't know. They looked interesting, and they looked like they knew how to do their jobs. I'm proud of them, and I want to know more. All right. Thanks. I never will, but I do. Okay. okay. And so she's like, oh, I have to go. So she, like, tries to leave, and then he, like, won't let her, so she, like, punches him, and he, like, arrests her for murder, when, like, really, like, punching a police officer is already an offense. And she's like, I didn't do anything. And he's like, oh, well, your mom gave you up. And how- Oh,
1: the, oh I loved that moment, though. Like, he's like, your mama gave you up, and she, and then you watch her face collapse. How like, heartbreaking. It's, it's a heartbreak. It's good, it was just, it's good story. Oh I love that moment. Like, and he's so, the way he says it is so cruel.
0: Mm-hmm. Little mama. does he know, he'll become, like, weirdly obsessed with her. Honestly, right, right. I'm, but, like, so obsessed with their relationship, I think it's so interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I also like that... It's one of the couple of relationships on the show that's told almost exclusively in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's weird to think that Edward Mars was in fact, is in fact buried on the island yeah. and was in fact a character in the island story for like two episodes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. I didn't even think about that.
1: And he recurs throughout the entire run of the show.
0: And whatever the case may, may be, they like dig him up. That's, that's right. right. But he's, like, not buried near anybody else because it happened too early.
1: Yeah, they hadn't created the graveyard yet.
0: Boone Hill or whatever they call it.
1: We ha- we hadn't lost anybody we care about at that point, so there was no yeah. formal graveyard.
0: Fair point. <laughs> so it's, like, a rainy night in the car, and already he should be nervous because he's, like, it's rainy, something bad's gonna happen. But he's asking, like, why... Obviously, we no- now know why she killed Wayne. But the question was, why did she kill him now? And we also kind of learned that because she just recently figured out that he's her actual father.
1: That, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the payoff to that question. Like, yeah, like I killed him now because I just found out that he's my dad.
0: And so, she's a farm girl. She has no history of violence. She, has, she had straight A's, just a couple of speeding tickets. So, why, why would she kill him right now? yeah um and she doesn't say anything because she doesn't want to incriminate herself but he's saying like what she did was like complete amateur hour
3: yeah it's amateur hour from top to bottom
4: sounds like you got it all figured out
3: i do have you all figured out
4: you don't know anything about me
3: white trash mom divorces dad starts up with some guy who's a drinker maybe he knocks knocks around a little bit and so she marries him because you know that's what happens And then this drunk, this Wayne, he moves into your house, and you get to lay there every night and listen to him doing your mom right there in your daddy's old bedroom. And even that wouldn't be so bad if he didn't beat her up all the time. But she loves him. She defends him. that don't make a person want to kill somebody. I don't know what does. But the question is... Now, why now? Why after all these years did you just decide to blow poor Wayne up? He come knocking on your door late at night.
0: He never touched me. And he's obviously trying to provoke her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Into a confession. Oh yeah. Which is he knows what he's doing. Cops do that more than people think they do. He's good at his job. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, And so she set it up as a gas leak. And um, she's like, you don't even know me. And he's like, okay, well, here's Here's a trope that I know. (laughs) That's probably what happened. Your mom leaves your dad. He starts dating a drinker. He beats her. So she marries him because, you know, that's what happens. Mm hmm I honestly like. Obviously, this is a terrible sentiment, but the way that he delivers it is fantastic. I love him.
1: Yeah, oh, a- no, absolutely. It's 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 great. It's like fa- it's fatalistic, but it's also like every all the cliches are played as cliches. Where he's like he's like, oh, you think mm-hmm. you're bad, you're you think you're bad, but here are all the cliches that you're hitting. Here's all the cliches your mom is hitting. Yeah, it's like, Kate, I got news for you. Your story is the story of a lot of. Of the murderers that I chased down. Yeah. So.
0: Because that's his, like... let Not not his major, because that's a college thing. But, like, specialty. that's his specialty. His yeah. specialty. Yeah. But that's the thing that fascinates me about him is... He so casually refers to the abuse that, like, her mother goes through. It's just, like, something that happens. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's a fact you know? of
1: life. And, I mean, it, it's yeah. great for the character.
0: Oh, it's great for him. Because, you know, of course, we discover... Way I guess earlier, but later is he's very much sort of that guy too, mm. right? Or in my opinion, oh. yeah. just due to his obsession with Kate. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's doing that whole like cop and cop in the pursuit object of their pursuit thing.
0: Yep, and and like I said before, he's also like he's trying to provoke her, so he's saying upsetting things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, as well. Um, yeah. and so he's saying, you know, he moves in and. Kate has to hear them boning yeah. in. Oh Jesus. Bone? Bone yeah. in the in the bed that her sh- her dad used to sleep in.
1: Oh man. Not um, a
0: good enough reason to use the word bone. <laughs> and what about but bone
1: town? Diane
0: loves him and defends oh, him. And of course that if that doesn't make you want to kill somebody, who what does? what does
1: yeah i like that he's kind of playing good cop and bad cop at the same time like where he's like right, very yeah. he's like he's like emotionally on her level where it's just like listen to all this bullshit but also i'm saying it to piss you off
0: yep he's playing both sides i literally love edward mars as a character so much he's so interesting yeah and he's a- such a dick
1: Great, yeah, it's act- true. like, in great acting too. Like, there's a. Like, oh yeah, you can always tell. Like, I feel like they retrofitted him into Kate's whole backstory. Yeah, like I think that they just liked what he did so much that they were just like, "What if you? What if you're just
0: chasing her in every episode?" Exactly. Yeah. And so he's like, they just created a whole cat and mouse game yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, well, why now? Like, did he finally come knocking on your door? And of course, like we talked about, he never touched her and she's very certain about that um then they see the horse and there's kind of like this crash thing that goes on and once again like they kind of have like a struggle and she pushes him out of the car and she escapes with him unconscious once again Hmm. which is a fun thing mm-hmm. that they like to do now but honestly of course like i'm very empathetic most of the time and so i'm watching it and she drives away and i'm just like but how's he gonna get home does he have a cell phone you leave him in the dark in the rain that's dangerous <laughs> whereas i'm like eh,
1: you're very sweet
0: yeah <laughs> then the horse stares at her and she like drives off whose horse was that that's the question i have
1: where are they iowa
0: iowa yeah well i think she lives in iowa but then when they're in the car he says the jury in iowa so i that's why mm. i feel like it's Probably, like, a, a little farther away from Iowa. And then she was buying a ticket to Tallahassee.
1: And she, like, cr- got over the state line or something yeah. to try to... Yeah. She wasn't ready for it to be an FBI man.
0: <laughs> right. She's like, oh, I'm in that level yeah. of trouble.
1: Yeah. This is like, oh, whoops, capital crime. I guess they can send the FBI after me. Whoopsie. if I Whoopsie. out bad. My
0: bad. God bless you, Kate. (laughs) So we get to go and talk to Sergeant Sam Austin now. Um, She's been outside for two hours and she knows that the FBI isn't there, which honestly, they kind of should be. I mean, if they were good at their jobs, but I guess in the Lost Universe, they're not. Did you guys catch the Easter egg in this uh, scene? What Easter egg? You did not see the Easter egg? I mean, other than Hawaii, which I was very excited to see. Did you see see. what was on the TV that they were watching? No. No. Oh my god, was it Hurley winning the lottery? No, it was Saeed this time. <gasps> oh! Saeed's on the TV? Yeah. What were they busting like, him for? In, in that one Jin episode, in, in translation, Hurley's on TV, and in this one, Saeed is on TV.
1: What was what What's the... Saeed
0: on TV for? You know, I'm not- it's not very clear, because we only see, like, a really quick-
1: Is it, like, a news thing? Are they, like, busting him for the thing with his buddy?
0: I Ooh, think... maybe.
1: Like, we caught some terrorists in Australia?
0: I think- well, it's 2001, right? Mm, so, so it's no, too, too early too, for that? Yeah. A little too early. Um, Kate visits a U.S. Army. In the background of a recruiting station, a TV set is playing, a shot is playing, and a shot of Saeed can clearly be seen for two seconds. So it's not clear exactly what he's on TV for. But we do know that Saeed and Sam Austin do have a connection later this season, so it makes sense.
1: Oh my god, I never, I never noticed that.
0: Yeah. It's in one of them. Maybe he's just on TV on TV for being handsome. Hmm. Yeah, in one of them, Saeed meets Sam Austin as well as Kelvin Inman.
1: Well, I knew that he meets Kelvin. Who we've heard. Of. I mean, that's a whole thing. Yeah, in the Sam
0: Austin is also there. Oh wow! Yes, yeah. that's, that's crazy. Well, I mean, the show. I know, I love that. Crap. I mean, the show.
1: Like, they, I, I only remember the su- like. There's some super obvious ones, of course, and then there's the 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 Jack in the operating room choosing between operating on his, on. On Julia, and Sarah. on Sarah, yeah, and on um, and Shannon's dad.
0: Yeah. There's a fun fact about how they or it's kind of like a blooper. Okay, so last episode, we kind of talked about how there was this whole blooper about Ana Lucia using like the wrong cop jargon. You yeah. know, it's like really only a thing that people who are really familiar with that field would notice. And so there's another one here. Um, the soldiers in the recruiting station are wearing uniforms improperly they are lacking both the blue cord and the blue discs on their collars identifying them as infantry however they are infantry soldiers judging by their combat combat badges and cross rifle insignia on their collar they are also missing both their recruiter badges on their breast pockets and unit badges over their nameplates. filed under things i would not notice for 200 alex yeah exactly yeah it's just like well glad somebody noticed apparently like
1: screwing up uniform stuff on tv is really easy um
0: yeah oh, back yeah. when
1: the show enlisted was on uh, the creator of the show used to make a twitter game out of it he'd like would challenge like service people to like say if you spot anything wrong tell me and we'll fix it
0: that's cool yeah. though that's a really respectful way of being like hey we're not perfect yeah mm-hmm.
1: like because it, it, it was in response to i think in the pilot there was some stuff with like people going outside without wearing their hats and people were like, you know, that's a real, that's a thing. And he's like, noted. And it's like, from like the rest of the series, like, no, if they're outside, they're never not wearing a hat on that base. That's dope. Yeah.
0: That's, I could never be in the military because I would forget to do everything. I would forget to follow every protocol. Yeah. Be like, oh, I need to be wearing a hat. But my hair looks really good today. Yeah. I'm having a good hair day. Can we not? Yeah. Today? Oh, it's hot you. outside. You
1: would never be part of the Royal Mounted people.
0: Oh my God! You could not. Okay, here's the thing. My great grandfather was an RCMP. Yes. So I've worn the hat. That thing is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. He uh he he had like the whole the whole stereotypical RCMP thing you can think of. That was my great grandfather. Yay! Sweet little Mountie. Aww. Yep. He stationed up like up north, cold as hell. Had sled dogs. What's
1: the one? What's the TV show where Paul Gross goes to America and is a Mountie?
0: um i don't know I think it's,
1: maybe it's called Do north i think or do it's either yeah. due north or Do south
0: i think it's due south yeah that would make more sense
1: but i, I mean i it's i know paul gross as the iconic star of slings and arrows but apparently he was on due south first
0: so sam is talking to kate and he's saying like is what they're saying true and the fact that she doesn't say no is kind of telling. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: She can't lie to her. dad. Okay, you are so, better at
0: lying, bud. Yeah, she's like, "Why didn't you tell me that Wayne was my biological father?" And he's like, "Oh my god! Like, how did you find Boom.
3: out?" Katie, what would you come here for?
0: Why didn't
4: you tell me, Dad? Tell you what? I was making a scrapbook. Surprise for your birthday. So I called one of your CEOs to get some pictures of you in uniform. The pictures that he sent me had dates on the back. Photos of you in Korea up until four months before I was born. Why didn't you tell me the way it was my father?
3: Why? I didn't tell you because I knew you'd kill him. And your mother loved him. You were five years old. I wanted to take you along with me. She wouldn't let me. So why didn't you kill him? Because I don't have murder in my heart.
0: He was in Korea up to four Whomp. months before uh, her birth. So obviously he couldn't have conceived her. And he, so she's like, How, so why didn't you tell me? And the reason why he didn't tell her is because he knew she'd kill him. Mm. Can you imagine like knowing from a young age that your daughter's probably going to murder someone one day? Yeah, when she was five?
1: There's a lot of hard truth. Like there's a lot of like harsh stuff and i mean t- to the credit of the episode that it most of it plays off very well like her dad saying yeah. that is crushing in a in an appropriate way her oh the yeah actor playing her dad too like is pretty good like
0: yeah, yeah he lands that blow beautifully. he
1: lands the blow beautifully and then that mo like the the, the what the saying goodbye moment where he like qu- tacitly agrees to give her the hour like I love yeah, that hmm. the military man gives her the hour to get away. But her mother Especially
0: because you can sort of see like people are starting to get suspicious.
1: Mhm. Like yeah, I mean they're having an emotional moment. The, like the military protocol guy gives her an hour head start. She really like I they say so much about her relationship with her dad in that one scene. And it's it's yep. totally shorthanded very well. Great acting. I like the show. <laughs> Me
0: too. <laughs> There's actually a fun fact that they were talking about on the commentary that they now had like uh, an inside joke because the director was like in another room while they were shooting this scene and he yelled from one room, more vulnerable! (laughs) (laughs) More vulnerable! And she's like, usually that's something that you come and like tell me quietly, but okay, I get the note, thank you. (laughs) kind of funny. (laughs) He got the job done. Yeah. So... I really like this moment where Kate says, well, then why didn't you kill him? Mm. And when he says, oh. because I'm not a freaking murderer, oh. it's like you can see in her eyes that she never even considered that there are people who like aren't like, I don't think I'll ever kill somebody. Yeah. Yep. In her mind, it's literally kill or be killed. You can see in her eyes that she's just like, oh.
1: Yeah, That's that one, that's the real, it's like, because I think he says, I don't have murder in my heart or something. He yeah. was like,
0: fuck. Well, that's oh, another thing that really hurts is that she's like, I will never be good. I will never have anything good. And the reason why, and he says, I don't have murder in my heart. And she's like, the reason why I do have murder in my heart is because this dude's my, my dad.
1: Yeah. Well, it's that.
0: And you hid that from me. It's that fate. Yeah.
1: It's that fate theme. Mm-hmm.
0: But Kate's entire, like, the tragedy of Kate, because I truly think that a lot of Kate's story is a tragedy, is the damage that men do and like, purposefully and unintentionally due to her. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, you know, he may have had good intentions in not telling her, but in reality, he left her in an abusive home.
1: Yep, that's absolutely right. Well, like,
0: he does say, like, I wanted to take you with me, but she wouldn't let me. Yeah, It's like, that's a bad mom.
1: Like, the alternative would have been kidnapping her, you know? I mean, maybe there was, a, like, it, it's the way that he says it, and like, I get the the feeling that there was a, either a custody thing happened or the threat of a custody thing.
0: Well, another thing is that he's always absent. He's always traveling. He's always like across seas. So yeah, yeah. but he knew that she was in an abusive household the entire time. Like, yeah, if he had been doing his job properly, Wayne would have been in jail for beating his wife. She's Mm -hmm. right. And so he says like, I'm going to have to call them. And so she asks for her one hour head start and he says, that's okay. And she says, bye daddy. Oh my God. Oh.
1: Oh, that moment. Where they're both, like, so... That broke my heart. They're both crying, but they, neither of them are... Like, they can't make a scene, and they can't show it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like So mm-hmm. she has to, like... That vulnerability can't happen. She, like,
1: has to leave casually.
0: Yeah. Mm. So those are all my flashback thoughts. <sighs> I, I have a lot... Of, I have a really complicated relationship with the flashback, just because, like, you know, especially after today. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, for those of you who don't know, we're recording on the day of the first of the, the Kavanaugh hearings. Yeah, way in advance. Sorry. <laughs>
1: The first and last of the Kavanaugh hearings.
0: Hopefully. No, but
1: I mean, like, this is the only day that they're going to talk about it, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it just, it, it feels fitting to me that we're talking about the damage that, like, abusive men have done on this day. But it also breaks my heart because, you know, this was 2005 and this is, you know, I mean, this is the entirety of humanity and women's history is Kate's story. But it just... It really bugs me so much that you have different types of men in her story all doing her damage that sort of leads her to where she goes. Of course, Kate makes all her own choices. But, you know, you have a father who leaves her an abusive household and another father who abuses her mother. So she's grown up around abuse, witnessed abuse, and then ends up on an island where she's in a love triangle with the personification of those two men. Like, this show didn't do right by Kate at all in a lot of ways i don't know i have a lot i don't know
1: it's well said
0: Mm Mm-hmm. agree i just think kate was a lot better than being put in these love triangles she had so much more Mm. in her that's why i love her relationships with women on this show yeah especially with like people like claire Mm -hmm.
1: shows it's hard for shows to resist the love triangle especially in the pre-internet age where like Yep. You can have a show like The 100 understand that the love triangle just ain't working and get rid of it in season two. Yeah. <laughs> in dramatic fashion.
0: <laughs> just kill off the dude and get rid of it in a way that literally is like, yeah, it like is literally The 100 kills the idea of toxic masculinity mm. by stabbing it. But in this show, they never really address it. Should we do our segment?
1: Oh, are we going to talk spoilers at all? Or are yes. we going to...
0: Yeah, that's after we do a an outro so that people who... Can't listen to spoilers. Do it, and then we'll and then we do our spoilers. Nice. Okay. So now we're gonna do our segments. So first segment is favorite line award. My favorite line award goes to Sawyer for "I'm in a bunk bed." I'm in a
1: bunk bed. <laughs> it's a good choice.
0: Support him. And I'm gonna oh. do an honorable mention to Anna and Jack for. I'm
1: running a little low on mixers. That's a good sweet. one too.
0: Sweet, sweet, cute thing. I don't know. And uh <laughs> sweet cute it's something. Yeah, whatever. And mine goes to Sawyer, of course, for you know that horse
3: freckles. <laughs>
0: Classic. It's it such is. a fair question.
1: Yeah. He's only Is that
0: horse your best friend from high school?
1: He's responding honestly yeah. to the situation.
0: <laughs> also, he's been like out freckles. for like a really long time. <laughs> knows what changed on the island.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Did you bond with a horse?
0: Is that horse now your best co-star?
1: Is, was there a subplot where you bonded it? with this horse while I was over on the other side of the island?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is that yeah. horse Jack now? Did Jack turn into a horse suddenly? You <laughs> seemed to really like it. I don't know. <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: and what's your favorite line of war? Alright, to know.
1: follow follow that... Uh, it's hard to beat that. Um, my favorite line award goes to uh, Locke's uh, response of "Boy, when you
3: say beginning, you mean beginning."
1: To uh, yeah. <laughs> to Echo's um, evocation of of the Bible and yeah. Judea, like, <laughs> um, with a close runner-up going to Hurley saying what we're all thinking. With so,
3: Rose's husband's white didn't see that one coming oh boy oh,
1: i love hurley i, love hurley. I, I adore awkward hurley
0: <laughs> so now we're going to talk yep. about light and dark so one of the main ones that i picked out is just that the horse is real black
2: mm. <laughs> like they needed to be
0: extra extra dark that they had to dye it the poor it to horse be dark. Mm. justice for the horse um i don't have any uh, i didn't really notice any other i mean i light guess because this episode was surprisingly light actually Yeah, Kate's shirt was white. That's another thing that in the flashback. That's something I noticed. Mm. Uh, So now we're going to do Man of Science, Man of Faith. Originally, it was kind of just uh, name some characters, decide if they're Man of Science, Man of Faith, but we've kind of decided to change it up. And so we're just going to debate whether Kate is Man of Science or Man of Faith this episode. I'm going to be on the side of science, I think. Why? Why? I would say, you know, even though all these crazy things are happening to her, she's just like, well, you know what? I know why it's happening. It's because I'm not sleeping enough. And she's also like being like, hey, are there any horses here? I saw a horse. Am I crazy? I must be crazy because there's no way that this is actually real, you know? Yeah. A lot of rationalizing away things Mm. that should be impossible. And then when Sawyer also sees the horse, just like with Said and Shannon in Abandoned, that's when it kind of like switches over to Man of Faith and Mm. she's able to kind of like let the horse go, I guess.
1: She kind of arcs that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Let the horse. the horse go. She's like, no more horse. Get out. Aww. You're only a one episode guest star. Aww. That horse was actually just her imaginary friend because she always wanted a horse. Does anyone want to argue, Faith?
1: Um, I, 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 know, but I'll bolster your science argument. Um. Okay, great. Uh, what, what's more scientific than biology?
0: Snaps. I mean, Ooh. it's
1: that's what she, that's what we're talking about yeah. is bi- like biological destiny,
0: mm-hmm. like. Yeah. So
1: in a weird way, it kind of reconciles the two, where she feels like she has this this destiny because of science, because of what's in her blood.
0: Yeah, it never once occurs to her that maybe she is the way she is because mm. of her environment. Right, true. Um, so now it's time for Hurley's Walkman. We have two songs this episode, so let's talk about "Walking After Midnight" by Patsy Cline. It's a, uh, it's a good this is one. Probably my favorite Patsy Klein song.
1: It's a it's a um, great one.
0: Okay, I really like it. <laughs> I go out walking after midnight out in the moonlight just like we used to do. I'm always walking after midnight searching for you. So there you go. Listen mm. to this song. It's a good song. Thanks. Um, okay, it good was one. released in 1957. So that's fun. And she listens okay. to it three times throughout the series. This is the first time.
1: What, walking after midnight?
0: Yeah. Like yes. that song specifically?
1: I mean, I feel like it's a um, that's a big one. I mean, I'm that's, one- a, that's a, Patty, a Patsy Cline greatest hit right there yeah yeah yeah
0: and then oh, okay. uh, in the diner where diane works the end of the world by skeeter davis is playing it was released in 1962 and this actually works really well uh why does the sun go on shining why does the sea rush to shore don't they know it's the end of the world because you don't love me anymore um oof well it's they- like mostly just goes on like that but that's, that's- isn't
1: that the. They use that, that Patsy Klein song in a different episode, right? Don't you know it's the end of the world and when I said goodbye?
0: does Is that by Patsy Klein?
1: I think.
0: Because, yeah, th- I mean, that's here, but it says it's by Skeeter Davis. Maybe they also play it by Patsy Klein. Let me see. Let me see.
1: Yeah, please look that up because I'm.
0: I am doing it right I'm now.
1: Not sure. It looks
0: like the only songs they play by Patsy Klein are Leaving on Your Mind, Walking After Midnight, She's Got You, and Three Cigarettes. So oh okay fair um uh, now it's time for sawyer's book corner welcome to sawyer's book corner charlie mentions lord of the flies um i feel like we've talked about lord of the flies before yeah that's right in in translation sawyer says it's lord of the flies time now to Jin. Mm. (laughs) um so i think we've already talked about it um yeah oh there's a lot I mean, I feel like it's such an obvious joke to make. Like, Sawyer was like, yeah. hey, what's the most obvious thing to say? I'm going to say Lord of the Flies. There's a lot to talk about in here, so I'm almost certain we've already talked about it. Um, another thing in Sawyer's Book Corner yeah. is... Hey, the Bible!
2: Hey,
0: Cool, so Whoa. that's the Bible. Um, another one is Hindsight by Peter Wright is on the... Can be seen on the shelf near the bed where Sawyer recovers. Ooh. Wow! In Southampton, near Stonehenge, on the south coast of England, some of the world's greatest minds in physics meet for their annual symposium. So it's about physics, which is cool because physics is important later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, Desmond had some interesting reading preferences. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. Although,
0: and another—never
1: mind, spoiler.
0: <laughs> Okay. Another book that is seen on the bookshelf next to Sawyer is After All These Years by Susan Isaacs. It was written in 1994. So the published date of this book was long after the time that the Swan was supposedly built, which was before 1980. This is likely due to prop error, background filler material used not meant to be analyzed, given the extremely brief appearance of the book, though fans have used this to support hatch restocking theories. I was just about to say, well, but they restocked the hatch yeah Mm. similarities and shared themes in kate's backstory she like rosie who's the main character uh is on the run after being accused of murder oh though but except for kate she like actually did it and it seems like rosie didn't do it kate also like rosie reunites with her childhood boyfriend who is named tom while on the run oh this can't be a mistake the book is about a woman named Rosie Myers whose husband leaves her the day after their 25th wedding anniversary for another woman. She's accused of his murder when her fingerprints are found all over the weapon. Rosie, a female English teacher, needs to unmask the real culprit if she doesn't want to spend the rest of her life behind bars. On a trip to Manhattan seeking the truth, Rosie uncovers more than she ever thought possible. And then hilarity ensued. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's That's how that summary reads to me. So that was Sawyer's book corner. Yeah. Did they do the thing? Kind of. Diane said three times, Catherine, what did you do?
3: Catherine. What did you do? Catherine!
0: Which is kind of like saying the title of the episode, so I'm going to give Kind of, close enough. Yeah. What yeah.
1: did Kate did?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what did Kate what did? Kate, what um. did you did?
1: <laughs> well, what's tell me more about this segment. I'm curious. Did they do the thing? Is it about sexy times usually?
0: Oh, right, yeah. Did they do the thing... No, no. (laughs) As if I would make that (laughs) up. Did they do the thing? It means did they say the title of the episode in the episode. Oh,
1: oh, okay.
0: Because they do tend to do that more than you think they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many episodes since the last knockout? One episode. No one got knocked out. Yeah, because Sawyer fell out of bed, but...
1: Are you talking about deaths or proper knockouts? Or just any knockout?
0: Death doesn't count. It has to be on island. Are those the only two? Yes. Rules. I can't Yeah. Okay. So, th- so the alarming thing about this show is that people have concussions a lot, <laughs> but nobody sees any symptoms.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. It's because like Saeed
0: the... alone should have brain damage.
1: It's because of the yeah. spoiler.
0: Oh yeah, you're okay. right. You're right. True. Burger King. <laughs> well,
1: no, it, not Burger King. It's because of the uh, the Just secret the sauce minutes. of the of the establishment.
0: Magic Island. Magic yes. Island. Mag- the donkey sauce, if you will. It's the, do- <laughs> the donkey
1: sauce. <laughs> Thank you, J- thank you, Jason Mendoza.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Does this episode pass the Bechtel test? <laughs> uh, maybe? maybe no. It doesn't. No. I don't think so either. Yeah. But Diane and Kate had like this weird conversation about insurance, so I don't I mean, know. That doesn't count. I don't think
1: so. I either. mean they're kind of indirectly talking about Wayne?
0: <laughs> yeah. But I mean it's also about murdering Wayne for being like a garbage human so yeah like
1: wayne was very present in the subtext
0: yeah yeah it's true so we're gonna go with no kind yeah kind of yes kind of no but mostly no well yeah because son and kate have a bit of a conversation but it's like she's being like hey where's jack oh i don't know anyway can you watch sawyer so it's like it's a
1: double fail right <laughs> not there. even close they, it's yeah, it's a yeah. two-line conversation about two men
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh that's just brutal <laughs> Yeah. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please write us a nice review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's perpetually open. Just um yeah, check it out. It's in the description. And if you're a fan of the hundred, which I think we've all made obvious we are, <laughs> um, <laughs> we have a podcast about that great show. We covered seasons four and season five. And we'll be going to Unity Days and covering Season 6 come 2019, which is alarmingly soon. Yeah. (laughs) And if you're a fan of Riverdale, uh, which somehow we actually really are, and I'm really excited for Season 3, we like to talk about that show too. In fact, uh, by the time this episode goes up, uh, we'll be like in the midst of Season 3, and that's very exciting. And we're also... And Robin will be very happy. Oh my god, shut up. I'm so excited, actually. Um... (laughs) But on that feed, we are also covering the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which will also be up by the time that uh, this episode um, airs, Woohoo! so go check that out. That'll be a thing. Yes. And Robin's going to cry because it's scary. Kiernan Shipka! I'm so excited! Sally Draper took- Sally Draper is a witch! There's no downside to this show. There's nothing about this show that is not just A+. I'm
1: excited. I'm excited for Sabrina, Yeah. And I'm a season behind on Riverdale.
0: Yeah. Which is, like, season two is somehow better and worse. Better if you you like the parents. Worse if you have any affection for Archie at all. And I do not, personally.
1: Well, it's the the Archie Nazi season, right? Mm, Yeah, basically. uh, That's what I've heard, is that he becomes, like he goes, like, full, like, uh, uh, um, autocrat. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. He like, start, like starts worst. his own, like, little mini, like, bully cult. And I'm like, what are you doing?
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. But also, like, there's some good Alice content and <laughs> stuff like that. And that's really what we're here some, for. Some right,
1: good right? FP trash.
0: <laughs> oh Hell yeah! He goes from trash to treasure! Yeah! <laughs> oh <my
2: God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Brittany, do you
0: want to make an announcement? That I think we've already announced, but whatever. Yes, I'd like to announce for, like, the 5,000th time um, that we are doing a Stranger Things podcast. So everyone buckle up because it's going to be a really good ride. Whoa. and yeah. Or like strap into like your bike, but don't strap in because there's no straps. Right. That was a successful announcement that I just okay. did. You can follow at The on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebable, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash The If you have a spare dollar to help us out with our hosting fees, which are a lot... Um, we would really appreciate it. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yay!
1: Thank you so much.
0: Uh, where can we find you on the internet? Oh,
1: on the internet. Um, mostly Twitter. At John DeLaPorta. John with an H. Uh, D-E-L-L-A-P-O-R-T-A at the end.
0: Beautiful. And our next episode is episode 210, The 23rd Psalm. And our guest will be Steven, who is at Lucky13Steve. Earth. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! That's how we end all our episodes. Can I say it, You, too, too you go. Okay,
1: love you, bye! Yeah! yeah. You're, you're... Yay! <laughs>
0: Beautiful! Okay, bye! Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers! Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers! Welcome to the spoiler section, woo! Finally! So much
1: baby foreshadowing!
0: Oh my okay, God. I want to hear about this baby foreshadowing you speak of. I'm very interested. Go ahead.
1: So, oh, oh, all the Aaron be- foreshadowing. Oh, it's everywhere. Oh, my God.
0: He was like hardly in this episode. So I'm really interested all in right. what you, what this, you take. Okay.
1: So in the context of the whole series, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff about trash parenting, but it's also about babies. And so, I mean, the cycle—like they're right. getting ready for the cycle of life to continue, which is interesting considering Aaron does not appear in this episode. But we—the yeah. episode begins with what, to me, is very clearly Ji Yan's conception.
0: Mm. Yeah, right. Ooh, like good point. this is
1: the only time in the show where you know that Jin and Sun had sex, and the show happens.
0: Like the timing is heckin' like, off, but that's what they—they they believe. The,
1: maybe I mean, time moves so slow on the show, like. Sun will mm-hmm. be having symptoms of pregnancy within a couple of weeks, and
0: that's true. That's true. Could be an island thing. Yeah,
1: like well, it, within a couple of weeks, but the the compression. Like I think the the usual rate is that an episode is usually like a like a like a day or two days. Yeah. So it's pretty plausible that that Sun will be like four weeks present pre- pregnant by the middle of season three.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. Like we watch what I'm pretty sure is Gion's conception. Let's see. I want to find this because the Aaron stuff, like I was like, oh, my God. The thing that starts Kate's life on the run is her saying to her mother, I took care of you. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is that, yeah, Kate took care of her mother and now she's running. So why does Kate stop running at the in season five is she needs to take care of she needs to take care of 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 another mother she needs to get clear. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. like
1: season 5 is like all you know all those pathologies I talked about earlier season 5 is where all of the cycles break permanently like season 2 everybody almost gets off their bullshit but everybody gets back on their bullshit like, Saeed picks up the baggage. Well, we'll talk about more of Saeed in a second. But I thought that there was some nice symmetry in the idea that Kate starts running because she took care of someone and she stops running to take care of someone, which is Aaron and Claire. Get them, a parent and child, back together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Um,
0: I didn't think about that.
1: Yeah, like, the separation of parent and child seems to really be deeply set in Kate and makes it really important for her to get Claire back for her son. No, what was that other one? I'm gonna find it. No, I think that was it. Maybe that was the big Aaron okay. thing. It's just like I, 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 just, <laughs> was I was just thinking about the the, the parent child reunion theme a lot, and like so right. much of Kate's life on the run is about a broken mother mother child relationship, and that
2: mm-hmm.
1: like it made me start thinking about season five. You know, Sawyer's will to survive is broken by wanting to do right by Juliet's desire to reset the timeline and Jack mm-hmm. finally starts to become a man of faith, even though it <laughs> wrecks history. Um yeah. and uh Saeed like Saeed goes full murder bot. <laughs> oh yeah, Said
0: Oh um, Saeed. So what did they do to you? Going to the Lock and Echo storyline, mm. they talk about the blast doors and obviously those are really important in an episode called Lockdown. Yeah. But also like Lock like uses the Blast doors to, like, keep Echo and Charlie out in the finale. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So he, like, uses those.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I um... But
0: also they, like, crush his leg.
1: That's true. Yeah. Lock is down in the episode Lockdown.
0: Yeah, LOL. Yeah,
1: they love their puns. It's, um... Also...
0: Michael talks... About- oh, sorry. Go what, ahead. What?
1: Please. I'll, I'll get to mine later.
0: No, you... I get to talk here all the time.
1: Yeah, but I feel like I talk a lot, so...
0: I mean, that's
3: that's, that's the point. You're, you're the guest, the guest you
1: know. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, um, I, uh, the thing you were saying about Locke and the in in the hatch and lockdown, it reminded me of the stuff we were talking about earlier with Locke's arc this season. Which um, yeah, you start to see them setting up that Locke is almost a foil for Echo, like that Locke. This is that we're going to a direction where Locke's faith is going to be challenged, and he's going to get off the man of faith wheel. And in the finale, he's going to be very like he's going to become a very much a doubting Thomas and very very wrong.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so he it's getting he's getting primed for you know Ben to get inside his head and like wreck and like destroy his faith. (laughs)
0: Um, (laughs) Oh Ben, you beautiful asshole!
1: In one of the best exchanges in this show ever, just like why so why do you push the button again?
0: And Locke's like, oh, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, oh, uh, I love oh, Ben with oh. my whole heart.
1: I, I found the other foreshadowing thing. I'm oh, so yay. sorry. It was the line your mama gave you up, Kate.
0: Mm. Oh, that one hurts my feelings.
1: And now I'm, it makes me think about like Kate and Aaron and maybe foreshadowing why Kate is so insistent on taking on taking care of
0: Aaron. Yeah, she's like, I know what it's like. And And she never tells him. She never tells him that his mom gave him up yeah yep she she saw she lived in a toxic environment and she was like I'm gonna do better than this and,
1: yeah. and she gives Aaron an idyllic life like yep. and you notice in season four like during Kate's episode she they're like it's like so Kate you're just gonna run again she's got that baby and she's like nope
0: they're, she doesn't have to
1: she's like are you are you a flight risk and she's like nope 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 and you believe her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And <laughs> she's she- cold as ice when her mother's like, "I'll I'll testify on your behalf. You just gotta let me m- meet my grandson." And she's like, "Nope,
0: nope. <laughs> you can
1: you can say whatever the hell you want, but you do not get this baby."
0: Yeah. She looks at she looks at her mom. And she's like, "And you could choke." <laughs> Michael talks about the missing pieces, and missing pieces is what like the little like web web series was called.
1: Yeah. The one where he makes out with Sun, and del- uh, like where they have a scene where they flash back to him and Sun having an affair in one uh, at one point in the time. You like, bum! God, no,
0: sir. What are you talking about?
1: There's one of the lost missing pieces that was aired in season four involves like a a stolen moment where it's
0: literally just it's called buried secrets, and it's Sun burying the driver's license that she was going to use to run away and then michael finds her and she's like eh, and they have like some weird sexual tension but they don't kiss they don't touch or anything that's it
1: thank you for correcting me i uh I, I was like corrected. that's too
0: far that is too far no 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 you will you not besmirch, my
1: beautiful son um
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah no no I, it, like it feels like early in season one uh they the, you know you you get the sense that there may be in a ab- like an aborted like love triangle between, like, Michael and Fully. son. And, and Fully. Jin. Yeah. Just, like, I feel like the conversation on the beach is, like, an aborted love triangle with Jack and Ana Lucia. Right. Like, because they never really go there with Jack and Ana Lucia. It, it goes in a different direction. No.
0: Well, another... Yeah, it's weird. Another thing is, it's just, like, it's really interesting that they were going to, if Michael, Son Jin was going to be a love triangle, they did exactly what you want to do with love triangles. Like, they, what they sort of almost did on on the hundred is that they were like, we have a love triangle, but instead of making it a love triangle, we're just going to make the two people of the same gender friends. Hmm. Exactly. And then we'll just forget about that other one.
1: I mean, yeah, when they, like when that. they abort a love triangle, you mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 This is like, let's just um, make Clark
1: and Raven pals. Um, yeah.
0: So hashtag princess mechanic.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> hmm. I'll die by that. Shit. Michael is asking if he can check out the hardware and Locke says, okay, just don't break it because I have to do that in season in the season two finale.
1: Foreshadowing.
0: That's my job. Oops.
1: Oh, that means... Oh, sorry, please. No, go ahead. I was going to uh, digress to the film, but I, you, yes. if you have any further equipment thoughts, please.
0: Claire mentioned that Echo kind of got the story of Josiah and the Book of Law a little bit wrong, and I made sense of that by saying that he has not been a priest for very long. Mm. So he That's might fair. just not know.
1: That's a good point
0: um okay so yeah about the film why was it cut why is it in the arrow go off
1: all right um so the the footage that was edited out so the the edited footage to me the significance of it is that it feels like it's very clearly setting up the red herring of the swan being a psychological experiment right yeah, like it's like please, it's like whatever you do, don't talk to the outside world, or they're gonna tell you what you're doing in here is bullshit. Mm. And, and it's like, so I think that it's part of the psychological experiment factor that plays into the double twist ending of season two, which is it's all a psychological experiment, and then they find out that the question mark station is the actual bullshit one when they find right. the pile of of uh, the tube messages. <laughs> And then they're like, and, and they're like, wait, wait, this is the bullshit hatch? Then that means, and then everything, the shit is just all going down at the hatch. Yeah. hmm
0: God, it was so unfortunate. It's just like, they thought they had it figured out for so long. And then there was a
1: double twist. Yeah. And th- that, which reminds me also, like the thing I almost said about Desmond earlier is that it's like, oh yeah, well, I, I think that there was a point at which they wanted to bring Henry and Cusick back just for that finale. Because mm-hmm. there's a yep. there's a version of the, that story where where De- Desmond's character ending at I love you Penny turns the key is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, oh,
0: they could have. Oh they hurt. literally could have just been oh. like, and he died. And
1: he died, but Penny still finds the island. You know, right. and then there's like, and it's not, and you know, it doesn't turn into a love story for the ages. But yeah. oh,
0: well, thank God we don't live in that universe yeah, exactly
1: because. Just give Desmond his pasta. He just really loves Penny. Loves
0: Penny. <laughs> that was the worst. No, everyone leave right now.
1: It's the accent, you see. Penny. Don't, don't you get it when you say Penny with a Scottish accent? It yeah. sounds like Penny.
0: Ian's fake accent. Penny. Well,
1: no, no, That's his real accent. The Scottish. No,
0: not what? Not no. Does he? What's his real? Accent? Every single thing he does. Ian has- There's no way that his cane accent is the is his accent. His cane no. his, his accent in the first season, where he's trying really hard to be American, is kind of close. Towards the end, when he starts getting lazy and his t- words take on lilts, that's closer. But his he's kind of got that sort of continental accent now, where it's not quite really much of anything, where it's a little bit American, it's a little bit British, it's a little bit Scottish, but it's mostly just confusing. Yeah. So
1: is his scandal accent basically his real accent, where he's just no, like... So- that-
0: that's his affected British accent.
1: Oh. oh yeah.
0: So, wait, Desmond is not his real accent? It might have been back then, but no, it wasn't.
1: But he loves Penny.
0: Mm-hmm. He does.
1: Oh, he does so much. Who, who, who got the constant? Who, what guest locked down the constant?
0: Uh, Brittany's girlfriend, Sam, had, <laughs> she got, like, bias.
1: eternal she got like eternal dibs on it
0: yeah yeah because i told her i made her watch lost like robin and i made her watch lost
1: um
0: and we also made claire watch lost robin is solely responsible for claire watching lost i will take that i don't know if it's true but i'll take it
1: thank you robin that was a that was a that was a pretty wonderful couple of months on twitter we had there
0: i know it was so incredible
1: those that was the best live tweet ever
0: yeah yep it was Robin mm. and Joe Garfine. Yeah, let's say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My my live tweet of the hundred paled in comparison.
0: Oh, I loved it though. I'm Aww. so sad that it's over. I didn't just, even know it was over.
1: Well, I it's because I got so engrossed in the later seasons that I stopped tweeting. You know.
0: Yeah. Another thing that you really wanted to talk about was uh, the prosthetic arm. Oh, oh yeah.
1: Oh, just oh the, yeah, the prosthetic arm. They um. <laughs> you are giving me a lot of spoiler space and and I'm grateful. Um the prosthetic arm, I feel like there's a whole running thing throughout the show where like different videos were shot at different points. Yeah, so, like, because he uses different names. He's like he's sometimes he's Marvin Candle, sometimes he's Edgar Hallowac, sometimes he's Dr. Pierre Chang. Like he keeps- And then oh,
0: what's the last one? The last one is um Wickmond, Mark Wickmund. Mark
1: Wickman, the um, candleman. Yeah, yeah. So he basically he changes his name and they're shot at different points in time. So you're just like, oh, he has two arms in this one. Oh, now he has one arm. Oh, now he has a prosthetic.
0: Did I tell you, ooh, do you want to hear my big revelation onto why I think that is? Why's that? I am obsessed with it. Okay. So I was I never realized that he had a prosthetic arm. And I and then when I saw that I was like, oh my god, he totally does. And I don't know why that is. Like I don't get it. And but after I had I had just recently watched the incident. And I realized that Pierre Chang gets his left arm stuck behind like between like the like two pieces of big machinery and it gets all like bloody and Miles has to save him. Oh yeah. And I'm like, holy crap. That's why he has a prosthetic arm. Yeah. I can't believe they retroactively like fixed that.
1: Oh no. They, I mean I think that they like During the live airing of season five, I mean, everybody was like, is he going to lose his arm? It's like, it's like that weird, it's like the Crispin Glover subplot of Hot Tub Time Machine, where everybody's just like, is he going to lose the arm now? Yep. Yeah.
0: And you're like, oh, I'm weirdly waiting for someone to lose their arm. What's going on here?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like, as they introduce more of the videos, you're going to see, like, they change, they keep changing his name and they keep sometimes having him have an arm and have not an arm.
0: Yeah. You just have to be like, when, like, did the incident happen yet or no?
1: This is pre- or post-incident, exactly. Yeah. So, like, and obviously the Swan video is post-incident. Yes. The last bit, uh, the last spoiler thing I think I really wanted to talk about was Saeed.
0: Yeah, okay, can I, let's just, di- real quick, I'm gonna go through the, f- like, finish this storyline, and then we'll talk about that one. Oh, of course, please. So, Michael is talking to Walt, and I think it was, like, I always thought that that just wasn't Walt, it was fully just an other being, like, beep, boop, beep, boop, who this? Oh my god, dad? But... Um. Apparently, yeah. But like, it sounds exactly like that. Yeah. Beep, boop, but- beep boop. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, like Damon and Carlton like said that it actually was Walt. So I assume then, I guess the others were just like, "Talk to your dad, Walt. He definitely won't come here into danger."
1: Like, is the idea? No, that- I totally
0: believe that was Walt.
1: Because because Walt knows that the fa- the camp is bullshit at the end. Is he? Is this like him just in New Otherton, like in the suburbs, just like at the- at a computer?
0: I don't think so. New I think Otherton- he was in.
1: That's what Sawyer calls it in, um, yeah. in season three. Or in, se- in season four or something.
0: Yeah, or something. God, I love you, soy sauce. Uh, Walt is in room 23, which is on the other island. So he's on Hydra Island somewhere. Oh. Yeah. So on to the other storyline, I just wanted to think about like that Libby and Claire deleted scene where Libby says, Hey, you're wearing one of my shirts. It's okay. It looks good on you. You can keep it. They, even though they didn't use it here, they do end up using it later uh, when they give kate that dress in season three and she finally meets alex and alex is just like hey you're wearing my dress you can have it yeah. it's fine
1: oh that's right oh yeah.
0: good catch oh god thank you alex alex so sad alex. bring her much back. tragedy uh i don't know why i have this written down but what is it is it weird no, I I just underlined the Jack and Kate kiss. And it was probably just like you know they end up kissing a lot later because they like get engaged and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna say they were pretty endgame yeah. in the end there
1: with another dramatic shower reveal.
0: Ugh, frick! Still mad about it.
1: <laughs> Look, I, I mean I think that the smartest thing that the show did was make Jack and Kate endgame, but make them Im- make them a- but make them implode first like
0: yeah right like and then the season four
1: like the season four self like jack self-destructs and ruins it, it ruins the thing like
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think it's actually a pretty good story
0: yeah oh for sure
1: yeah like because he can't look at Aaron <laughs> because it's his yeah. nephew
0: literally oh my god i was just thinking and we kind of talked through this a little bit but like what happens with skate in season three is kind of weird if kate still thinks of him as her dad um, oh, yeah. yeah, I can't stop thinking about that now. But I kind of like, you know, my headcanon is that she then dispels that right, right there, then and there, and uh, now I can ship skate again. Yay! She-, she resolves
1: the transference.
0: Yay! Um, talk about Saeed now.
1: Okay, I have strong opinions about Sh- uh, Saeed and Shannon as Endgame, and how yeah. it's it's a good thing, and how oh it was- wow, that's mm-hmm. interesting. It was one of the I Andrea think,
0: Gabriel didn't think so.
1: Well <laughs> Yeah. Well Andrea, you know, she has a vested interest in her character, and you know. It's true. She also maybe in the end log she logged more story time for Saeed, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: um what I think is that this episode really showed why. Like, and where Saeed goes from here really showed why. Like Said had Said so had this baggage of he was a torturer and he did horrible things and he did many of the horrible things he did was to this woman that he cared about named Nadia, who he loved. So eventually he became obsessed with finding Nadia. Like and along the way he's trying to make atone for all this other stuff. Like he's on an atonement walkabout. Everybody's on a walkabout <laughs> until he gets to the island, and then he just kinda starts dating shannon and being happy mm-hmm. he gets to put down the quest yeah like Sh- saeed just gets to be a charming motherfucker with with shannon like he's got game <laughs> he has just... total game but like when he you know he makes her the tent like you know they the boon death night date is really actually a pretty great date
0: yeah yep. even her own death day date was a great date
1: yeah Like, he, 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 Saeed's got game. He's like a good, he flirts really well. Like, he, you see him really getting to be a a better person, you know? And he's, you know, he's a pretty, like, emotionally mature boyfriend, too. So he's clearly grown from his experiences from his past. But, Mm -hmm. um, Shannon dies, is sort of taken from him in a cruel act of fate. And he kind of goes back on the, on the on the mission yep and so it's it's right back to finding nadia and you yeah. know he eventually finds nadia and he marries his baggage
0: oh god i never thought about that
1: and then of course nadia is also what happens when when he, when nadia is also killed is that he becomes a f-ing hitman <laughs> like he got he goes full dark, dark night of the soul
4: Mm-hmm.
1: and then which is
0: like I love Saeed, but the fact that his character motivation is constantly the death of a woman just kind of grates on me. Well,
1: it's just, yeah, I mean, his character, well, to be fair, his character motivation for a long time is that he tortured a woman. If that's any better.
0: Okay, oh, yeah. That's, that's a, true. That's a different level of terrible. You're right. He wants to detoxify. You know? Yeah. He's, he's- We're just go. oh, yeah. It has right. do you
1: remember Claire referring to Said as as like blo- as blow dry Eurotrash Saeed?
0: <laughs> no, but that sounds so right. Like eco-
1: like Economist Era Said, where he's got like the yeah, blow dry yeah, straightened.
0: Yeah. Hair. <laughs> I remember um, that.
1: But anyway, it, there's something to that feels very special about you know in Sideways World, like him finding getting to find Shannon again, and that that's what sets him at peace.
0: Yeah, that's the thing that, that like she's the one he wanted to cross over with. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and it felt like she's the one he wanted to cross over with, and Nadia was in the sideways as another obstacle. As
0: Yeah.
1: As the thi- the symbol married to his brother. Like yep. yep. it's just like, oh, hey, we're in the sideways world. Oh, and this is this is the like everybody is placed in the sideways world with like a big obstacle to that represents their core issue. Mm-hmm. So hmm um, I
0: never thought about Nadia being the the issue and not the solution. That's fascinating. Oh, yeah.
1: Nadia is 100%. It, Nadia represents Saeed's baggage. Damn. Nope. Yeah, right?
0: I like it. Um, I like it. Going into flashback spoilers, uh, she mm-hmm. wants to go to Tallahassee, and there is a man from Tallahassee. The I mean, wonder who that could be. Yeah, I just want to look up, like, what the Tallah Oh, world locations. Sure, it's
1: the capital of Florida. Yeah, it's
0: Tallahassee. It's, the, it's Anthony the king Cooper. Of, there's not a lot to it. There's a
1: king. <laughs> it's the king of trash cities.
0: There you go. Yeah.
1: Um. No, that's mean. It's not really. I've I've I haven't been there since seventh grade. Oh my gosh. Um. But um. It's the king of trash. That's cities. right. Anthony Cooper, A.K.A. the real Sawyer.
0: Yes. Oh, I found a trivia. One of the ongoing gags on the show is to make fun of Tallahassee. Mm. in a podcast a fan asked this as a question to damon and carlton why does the city of tallahassee hate you carlton answers i don't know why they hate us but they hate us so we deservedly are hating them back
1: Mm. that's funny
0: that's (laughs) wait isn't jason mendoza from tallahassee uh jacksonville jason
1: mendoza is from jacksonville Jacksonville. as is as is clear from his uh war chant
0: Bordles. Bortles! All right, duh, duh. Diane gives her up, and of course, you know, we've kind of already discussed the trial and everything, but she's like, please could I see my grandson? And she's like, pass by. But like, mm-hmm. she even though she's like, no, she still doesn't testify against her, so.
1: Interesting, yeah.
0: The bare minimum of good mom yeah. moves. Kate's relationship with Edward Mars, you know, he ends up chasing her for another three years, and he's kind of obsessed with her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm about I'm it, honestly. Thing. I wish I could see more. Like, obviously, I'm not like, ship it. But, like, I don't know. I just find that <laughs> relationship to be so interesting. I'd love to have seen more of it. Like, um, cat and
1: mouse ship Mars and uh, Kate. Yeah. Cat, yeah. It's like friend shipping, exactly. but just about the chase.
0: And then just with Sam, Austin, and Said, and how, you know, they kind of come together in Kuwait. Or Coop Ku, or whatever. That place.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't yeah. even. Did you
0: just try and say Kuwait? Yeah, or whatever. Oh, buddy.
1: I am. Um, oh, is that the shipper name for Anthony Cooper and Kate?
0: God, no. I it. Thank you. That was horrible. I it. Hey.
1: Art. <laughs> I like you both a lot. Um, <laughs> this is, um, I didn't even catch Kate's dad in that Saeed episode. Like. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. How did you catch that, dude?
1: I don't know. What? I was too distracted I, I by, things. I was too distracted by, um, what's his name? Uh. By, uh, by, uh, uh...
0: Kelvin, Kelvin.
1: The actor who plays... K- yeah, they, uh, Mr. Crab I was too distracted by Clancy Brown. I,
0: yeah. I, Fair enough.
1: Because I was like, oh, hey, that's Clancy Brown. That's awesome. Because we hadn't even seen Kelvin yet on the island.
0: Yes. Well, I do believe that Sam Austin also has a picture of his daughter or, or something, and she's, like, younger, and so he's like, who dat? And he's like, it, my daughter, or something like that.
1: Oh, oh, so they, like, it- lampshade it.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's exactly how he says it, too. It my daughter. (laughs) Who dat? It my daughter.
1: It's it's good Saeed writing. It's who dat. I mean, his classic catchphrase. Who dat?
0: Yeah. God, it's just so Saeed, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Should we do our final outro? Yeah. Are we all done with spoilers? I am.
1: I'm just checking really quick to see if there are any other... No. No, I've covered all my, my bases.
0: Okay, John, Good thank job, you so much guys. for having me, guys. Yay, this is really fun, guys.
1: I oh, it, thank you so much for letting me talk. I love this show. Um, I've enjoyed your company for the last several hours.
0: Dope. <laughs> Sorry, we forgot to warn you that it runs a little long sometimes. Oh no.
1: I, this is this is very on brand for me. I could talk for hours about anything.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Especially and Tony. We'll, uh, we'll have you on again next season
1: yes yes i'm to do the same looking thing? forward to to lots of uh candidates for favorite line and trisha tanaka is dead oh my gosh
0: and can you uh remind us one more time about what your twitter is
1: all right you can find me on twitter at john della porta that's john with an h and then D E W L A P O R T A at the
0: end perfect and you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r-o-b-y-n-e-j-f-f-r-e-y pretty much everywhere
2: yeah
0: and you can follow me at appritania which is b-r-i-t-t-a-n-i-a with an underscore at the end and you can follow at the aficionados on twitter facebook tumblr instagram ribbable but mostly twitter oh also youtube and not pictures <laughs> i forgot way to go dummy Sorry. and our patreon is patreon.com slash the if you are interested in that patreon side of things. it's always so Benson. i snapped to do awkward double finger guns it is we did it okay love you bye okay love you bye okay love you bye Well, your bed's gone,
2: Ma.